It's a woman episode, fellas. Yeah, yeah, because listen, I'm going to put a coin down on my desk and I will I will tip the bartender if you people talk about something more than horses and women, okay? That's <laughs> that came from Schopenhauer, uh, by the way. But anyways, this is another episode of Digital Archipelago. I have a few business well, we were talking about um I was mentioning how me and the GF had a nice little picnic, but anyways, um, yeah, a lot of big content week this week for both of us. Well, we both have artic articles and streams. I have a video out later today. Like it'll drop probably after the show and then I'll be live later tonight on Charlemagne's channel at oh my God. 9 PM Eastern. And then I'm doing something with semi -agog tomorrow on saturday no sunday sunday evening and then monday i'm on with oren so yeah it'll be a busy Whoa. week or a busy four or five days yeah I, I guess how it works my special content operation week <laughs> but, <laughs> but um vingal if you go to my patreon telegram i actually did post i didn't post a face pic of her but i post a i post pic of her um anyways I'm I'm thinking of the oh nah, I probably won't do a public no no I only you got a lo-fi Republican retweet there Geo on the where promotion of the show <laughs> oh nice that's good because um, oh, we're because the article we're covering has made the rounds recently so that's pretty good man lo-fi we are literally dedicating an entire episode to one article because it is that long and that good and that important so yes uh big content week. Um, this week, I published the great, amazing episode of Content Minded with Spurgler Acolyte, which was really great. We covered, I think it's one of the most comprehensive, apart from the ones that our good friend Martyr Maid did, I really think that um, it it's really is a comprehensive Spangler episode. Uh, thank you, Fishy Frenzy. The good, the Geodoters have even made it past the first, first midfield. The special content operation is unstoppable. Yes, and of course, I have a very important article I did um, of critiquing Jordan Peterson's true reasons as to why he hates anonymity. And I use a lot of Young, and I use a lot of like Baudrillard and, uh, well, mostly Byung Chul Han, but I really try to formulate a sort of online ethics around uh, what living in a semi-anonymous world, even though I am a face, I use my real face, um, I don't know if like, does YouTube look down on people smoking? I don't know. I, I would turn I my camera on. I don't on. know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, I'm currently it. house sitting. So my, I, I'm actually not recording from my usual spot. So I don't have a camera with me actually. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, it's going to be great next week. I think I'll probably drop the GSP episode of content minded. We talk a lot about, um, the work of art and cinema, how cinema has replaced painting. And of course the paywall version will be me. Well, the one, you know, that everyone wants to talk about with uh, the current happenings of Russia, but uh, you know, because go, go and support the war report. They're my good friends. They're kind of like the, the digital archipelago farm team in a little bit in some ways. But um, anyways, I wanted to give a huge, before we get into the, uh, the billionaire psycho episode, um, by the way, I love that name billionaire psycho because it just reminds me of like, imagine if a, a rich dude is like a frog. I've, I've heard rumors that there are a lot of rich people actually, there um, are who are frogs. 
Yeah. Where there is a large, it's not just for everyone that likes to think that this side of things is neats or guys that are struggling to make it. No, there are a ton of well to do old money and new money types that are just like, yeah, we're going to post the giga chat on a Saturday morning. Like who gives a shit? Like this is uh, their other life, their double life. Uh, they don't cheat on their wives anymore. They just post on Twitter racist memes. Oh, yes. And thank you, Volpe. Another thing too on my channel is that me and Volpe's did a great space, speaking of Byung Cho Han. And it's funny because um, Billionaire Psycho is one of the few Byung Cho Han uh, respecters in this in the sector, right? And me and Volpe's rec recorded a great one on The Scent of Time that is both on my YouTube channel, but it's more easily available on YouTube and, and Anchor slash uh, Spotify. So I wanted to give a huge shout-out. Speaking of, this is the Barbie week, and next week we probably will if I managed to see it this weekend with my best friend, um, do the Barben Hopper or Barbenheimer episode. But I wanted to give a huge shout out to our good friend, Sun Optimist, who had this brilliant tweet saying that we need to ignore what the leftists think is their interpretation, or rather what they create. And we have to like make them believe that we don't know anything about their like little interpretations of media. So we have to like retcon the way that they retcon media like the way that academics say that, you know, like, for example, friendship in the ancient world between men is like uh, has, you know, certain uh, vibes that are not, you know. So we have to do the same to them. We have to like uh, we have to go and retcon all of their media and, and say that they actually have a secret reactionary based world interpretation. Um, and there's this one comment. I, I forget the account, but that quote tweeted Sun Optimist. Go go and find Sun Optimist on Twitter. That said, you know, this is the case of aesthetics ultimately prevailing over the meaning of something when people look at, yeah, the death of the director, but no, not only the death of the director, the, the zombification of the director. When people well, I, look it's at, not even, it's not death yeah. of director or death of the author, it's hijacking of the author for a greater aesthetic purpose to subvert exactly. the subverter. As it's a tradition as old in America as fucking Yankee Doodle. That's what I said last night alongside using. 11 labs ai voice generator to Yankee have ryan gosling do the uh you'll never be a woman copy pasta but no i mean um uh there's a camp i i mean i i'm halfway through oppenheimer yes there's a cam rip yes i sail the high seas come at me i don't want to give people my money um so there's that and then the there's like three movies that dropped today barbie oppenheimer and the venture brothers movie which i'm going to watch after the show because uh, maybe we'll have T.R. Hudson on next week to review three movies. It'll be a good time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like everyone wants, and I mean, all mainstream reviews so far that I've seen is that the most highlighting part of the film are actually is Ryan Gosling's performance, which is kind of funny. He can't keep getting away with it. And here we are just sort of saying, screw you to a person that wants to, you know, talk about fragility or that, you know, patriarchy is bad, despite the fact that we don't live in a patriarchy anymore. We live in a, a feminized society but hey here we are and we're gonna have a good time making sure that the message of those people uh is not what they want it to be we will take it and we will run the ball with it saying that you know a kingdom is far better than this you know digital longhouse that we exist in that permeates all aspects of our culture uh fuck that i think i'll dye my hair blonde or something there you go and also please need those super chats to support the content renaissance um Prude's recent article is great. I have I have to read all of it. I think my article is pretty decent because I feel like it was a different take on anonymity. But yeah, exactly. The whole thing, the aesthetics supervene the, the quote unquote meaning of the author. 
when people look at Ken and Barbie, they look at superior, you know, beautiful aesthetics. And I feel like that's, you know, as much as I've critiqued vulgar aesthetic posting, I think that there is something to it. But anyways, another thing I wanted to mention, because this relates to the Pygmalion article and it's a good transition. Did you see that uh, our good friend Cold Healing had the, the t you know, he scours TikTok to, you know, give you the best content. By best, I mean the worst examples of humanity. But this one was this woman, this, this girl, 23 years old, that said, like, you know, she never was kissed, never had a first kiss, 23 years old. And it's funny because I noticed a lot of the discourse, not naming names, but they're sort of like, you know, it is funny to see like the reverse engineering of the incel discourse that, you know, men are not responsible for your emotional labor, which I get that. Right. But as a woman, respect her myself. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. She is probably lying. Louis Cachet. I do feel though, this type of loneliness is more, is going to be more prevalent in the future. And the reason I mention this is because, there was this great article by this guy, what's his name, Wilkes, that billionaire psycho mentioned in the Pygmalion piece from American Affairs Journal. That It's called the Zoomer Question, which we will cover. And it really, like, I, I feel like this response, as much as it's, you know, like, warranted, because let's face it, incels are a biopolitical category that are basically subject to bare life, and you can despise on them and hate them as much as you want. But I do feel that the sort of like petty vengeance of like, you know, the Chud Jack, like, you know, it's now the shoes on the other foot. Ha ha ha. I think that, you know, for a while that's warranted, but at the same time, I feel like we should look past that because both men and women are suffering. And this is the point of the billionaire psycho article is that we are in, in, under immense parasitic control by elites that want nothing but our own suffering and ruination. And yes, fishy friends, that's a good point about the incel one. The incel one is definitely a creature of resentment. The incel two is a creature of romanticism and the sort of vitalistic pursuit of a higher ideal that I've, I, you know, and I know, listen, I know that the incel two thing is a joke by Atrazine Griper, but I do think that there is some merit to it. And I think this sort of like revenge fantasy is, you know, I mean, it's understandable, but ultimately I think that there should be a better future carved for both young men and women. And um, I think, you know, the fem cells and the incels, there has to be an amnesty. There, there should be a cultural amnesty when it comes to the gender wars. We should sort of find a way to, uh, you know, really, really sort of forgive each other from the sort of, uh, you know, the, the building up of the, bri the bricklage of history. It's sort of like, you know, it's like the angel novice of Paul Klee that Benjamin writes about. It's like, you know, uh, we look to the past and this building up of horror and we can only go forward, but maybe there could be sort of like a uh, mass a reconciliation, if you will, a sort of a, a messianic uh, alleviation of the gender. And we've proved, save me here. I'm just rambling right now, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's not productive or I don't know. Well, I, I think, no, I'm not saying that's something you No, I'm saying, and I'm saying that I'm not saying you should like man up and accept the roasties. I'm saying that, you know, there's got to be something different than this, like the conservatard, like who's that guy Gaudi or that did the whole like men should man up thing. Was that oh, Trey that Gowdy? Was, well, actually, no, 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 Trey Senator, um, Josh Hawley, Josh Hawley. Sorry. They're and all, he's mentioned in the Pygmalion article, which we'll get into today. Yeah, but, there you but, go. 
so yeah, I mean, he's in there. And I mean, like, there is that sort of like, you know, youth preacher in a t-shirt and khakis, you know, where a man that doesn't really work out shows his arms like that. And then he's just <laughs> talking about, oh, well, you need to man up and, and quit the pornography and to do that. And like, don't get me wrong, like pornography is a huge aspect of um, reducing fertility. Uh, there are yeah. numerous longitudinal studies in both the developed and the developing world that indicates that. But I mean, that that's a bypass to the larger issue that the relationship between the sexes is not okay. Mm -hmm. And that the game has fundamentally been rewritten, especially since COVID. It was already bad beforehand and it only had gotten worse afterwards because everything now has this layer of electronic distance. Like because we're communicating via phone right the just talking phase or whatever yeah everything is now there's no emotional connection you're less likely to form lasting bonds because it's easy to string people along via text messages or facetiming and then to never actually do anything in the real world and it's a and it's a substantial problem because the digital and this goes back to the article i wrote just yesterday called the present age is woke kierkegaard and the gay paperclip that the public square which is what kierkegaard was really rambling on about is that the the public square can totally change and it's still called the public square like we're not debating anymore about like uh, busing or integration or or leftist terrorism like the 1970s but we're still having a public square where nowadays you know it's it's man up except the roasty or you know actually don't bother with men you're doing a greater deal for the climate if you don't have children yeah and it politicizes people's minds it ensures that their decisions are now solely political or or out of sort of this hedonistic selfishness well screw you i can get mine elsewhere um and it only enables the worst aspects of of pair bonding yeah. um hypergamy or people just saying fuck it i give up and i and, that, and it's a real disaster and this article really does highlight it because it's not i think people read it at first and were like oh this is like an anti-woman article when it really isn't um no. but it does highlight i think some of the core issues to our general dysfunction because it's not Henrik Ibsen's The Dollhouse anymore, where we start questioning the the means or the means or the metaphysics of a marriage or a relationship. It's more of, well, people nowadays are even questioning the means and metaphysics of what does it even mean to feel attracted to something. Yeah, um, and they find alternative ways and mediums and methods to do so. Um, and it's also and it makes it even worse because we prioritize pair bonding in a way that is fundamentally unhealthy. Yeah, we totally negate or exist in a world that negates male spaces. Um, like we just, like you mentioned earlier, there's so much of an effort to um, have this sort of progressive revisionism where male friendships uh, are homosexual. There's this desire wherein men and women uh, are, they look at things transactionally, even though that yeah. was never the case, you know, 200, even a hundred years ago. And yeah, it's an absolute, a disaster with how we treat that sort of bargaining and mate selection strategy today. But um, I mean, there's just a lot to get into and this article is really well worth our time. So uh, do you want to just dive in? Yeah, sure. But before that, what I want, meant by amnesty, I meant among the incels and fem cells. I think that even like the whole, like, you know, the promiscuity thing, um, it's really tough out there, man. And I feel like you could still find a decent girl that may have has, you know, experience or whatever, or like, you know, you're never going to, I hate to say it, but like virgin women are kind of like rare nowadays, but I feel like maybe we just, we're all, we're like in our own discursive bubble. So we tend to like 
Doom Max, like, you know, every single woman's riding the carousel 24-7. I don't know. I feel like it's it's a very strange moment that we're living in. But I think, like, you know, there is, like, a lot of, you know, even femcells now. And, uh, I mean, for different reasons, of course. But I feel like, you know, I, I don't know what we can say. There's no, like, really realistic out for anything. You know what I mean? So... That's, yeah, I don't know what to say, Prude. I mean, of course, you know, the whole, like, the conservative conservative meme of, like, you know, you got a man up. It's like, yeah, that's kind of, that's not the answer. But anyways, um, yeah, so maybe I'm just nuanced broing everything. Um, but let's go. Let's see. Hopefully it, it hopefully it lets me uh, go. Yeah, here we go. Okay, good. Oh. Finally. There you I'm go. Just think- I'm just thinking about uh, what's in some of the images here hopefully we don't get in trouble <laughs> yeah we'll have to skip through a lot of them yeah i'm sure that's uh yeah that's probably <laughs> i think we'll be fine yeah but yeah um there may be things that you see here that may not be to your liking but we're here for the literature uh and not the ai um succubi that have been created and we might have to skip through a lot because this is a huge article so this is the Trey Gowdy. Sorry. Oh, I, they're all interchangeable, Prude, these American politicians. I can't. Uh, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, so this was from yeah TPUSA's December conference the last year. Young men, let me make a suggestion to you. Why don't you turn off your computer, log off the porn, and go ask a real woman on the date? How about that? Just a thought. Ask her out. Young men, why don't you be the ones who do the asking? How about that? Don't wait for her. You go ask. Show her a little respect. And then Whoa. you take her out, you treat her right. How about that? Don't make her cater to your whims. Treat her right. Treat her right. Treat her like what she is, a woman, a person of an incredible significance in the image of God. And you know what? If you treat her right, then one day you do the honor and show her respect by asking her to marry you. And then you go get married and you have your children. Senator Josh Hawley, Turning Point USA, December 18th, <laughs> 2022. Also, this irks me because woman is made in the image of man. Man is made in the image of God. But hey, well, you know. that's, you know, according to um, church and Christianity in America, you know, even Catholicism has a problem burying this nowadays, you know. Uh, but anyways, were you going to say, Prude? Yeah. Nope, that was it. I was just getting a little uh, yeah. uppity there. But, you know, I mean, out of context, like, yeah, of course, if it's a woman you love, you show her respect and all that stuff. You know, I mean, I, whatever. I'm trying to prevent myself from GF posting too much. But, you know, but like in the con- the greater social context of how he's blaming, this is what Billionaire Psycho is getting at. How he sort of, like how these like conservative establishment people lay everything at the feet of young, sensitive young men. It's sort of like disgusting given what's actually happening. So let's go uh, skip that. Skip that. Um, <laughs> Josh Nolley, um, receives a copy of the college scam. Wow. So I guess, I guess, you know, never take over. The so we're telling young white guys at turning point USA, don't get a degree and try and be successful in life either. Like there's a hearty balance between yeah. people who will be plumbers and people who will work in as an engineer. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's right. Luis Cache. What does respect mean? Um, but that's, that's another issue. I think that, you know, respect is obviously given and earned. And nowadays, I mean, we can see this mass irreverence for a lot of these previous social functions because they just don't service us anymore. 
Um, but anyways, well, what, yes, what's, people... what's worse too is, is that what people constitute respect nowadays, five or 10 years ago would have been called putting that up on a pedestal. Yeah. And that's the quickest way yeah. to have someone look down on you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, years ago, I heard a joke about a politician When a politician finds a parade. He rushes to the front of the crowd and pretends he was always leading it. Um, they persistence put their tr plans, trust and hope, uh, Put their place their trust, hopes, and dreams in elected officials. Mostly, this leads to disappointment. Revolutions happen every generation, but entrenched institutional players are usually the last people to adapt. Afterwards, politicians rewrite history and reframe their actions in service of what Zeitgeist has replaced the previous status quo. Um, it is a mistake to expect dynamic leadership from Machiavellian social climbers. And so, this is a main theme in this article: is that the political and elite ruling class, they are essentially you know, they are the real midwits. They have no gravitas or leadership ability. And they're sort of like a parasitic class that has feasted upon the dying husk of civilization. So let's move on. Um, in this particular speech, uh, Josh Hawley adopted the mannerisms and aesthetic of a Protestant Christian youth pastor in order to connect with the audience as a man of the people. Um, his customary suit, indigo jacket, cerulean button-down shirt, two-tone tie was abandoned in favor of the casual t-shirt. Um, the senator preaches to the spontaneous, uh, pretends to be spontaneous as he stands out reciting a prepared speech. He preached, uh, preaching duty, honor, masculinity. Um, but if you look at his thin, scrawny arms, it's obvious Senator Hawley rarely lifts weights. Even a short three month regimen would be enough to improve his physique. So it's typical. Uh, there's a certain irony to this kind of performative masculinity where an effeminate legal scholar stands on stage and insults ordinary men as porn addicted losers. It's typical of modern Christian churches. So again, this is like the yellow soy meme. Today, preachers frequently ignore the scriptures and claim that women are made in the image of God. And so, yeah, we, we've covered that. So Corinthians 11, 7 to 9, a man ought not to covet, cover his head since he is the image of the glory of God. But woman is the glory of man for man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was made a man created for women, but woman for man. These are tedious legalistic considerations. God loves all his children. But yeah, again, that's a good point. But these details are noteworthy because purposeful distortions of basic truths are weaponized to advocate a fake pre, uh, predetermined conclusion. Historical evidence is rearranging to confront industrial feminism. So he says industrial feminism as an aspect of the modern world and industrial society, you know, sort of like the typical, and, and he, he, you know, quotes F. Roger Devlin, of course, um, how the industrial revolution was a breeding ground of feminism for a variety of reasons, because we were lifted off from our previous engendered forms of labor. But also, I mean, like people go too far with that prude. People go into the whole like post left, you know, Mahek and wholesome working class uh, material conditions. Oh man, you're yeah. telling me. I'm uh, yeah. I ha I'm currently writing a review. I have a review copy. Don't ask me how I got a hold of it since he has me blocked on Twitter. Uh, but I'm currently um, reading through and taking my notes for Sora Barmani's uh, Tyranny Inc. Um, oh my god. And uh, yeah, the he subtitle. He all of us recently, <laughs> except Sandbatch. Um, but yeah. you know, when when the subtitle of your book is "How Private Power Crushed American Liberty and What to Do About It," I know I'm going to get some heck and wholesome post left Marxoid interpretation. I yeah. can't fucking wait. Yeah, exactly. Happy wife. Ha it's true, though. It's true. I mean, that is a maxim. That is true. 
but I know what you mean. Um, anyways, moving on. So then, yeah, women are praised, men are scoring. These dynamics are increasingly detached from reality. In a world where Tinder has replaced traditional courtship, average women reject average men, and no-fault divorce, bankrupt families, workplace romances has been de facto outlawed by sexual harassment lawsuits, um, enforced by bitter and envious old women. So this is like the longhouse, and he goes into these charts, um, cursive examination of statistics, data. Well, uh, that data is yeah. important. Scroll up just a little bit yeah, real okay, quick. Okay. Yeah, like um, Whoa, Met Online that's like the collapse is, chart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Met Online the has skyrocketed since the 1990s. The next one, that's the this is the t- Tinder stuff too. Right after this graph, yeah, about how men versus women swipe. Um, what's the, who? Who did that tweet saying that like you know this is just this is Grinder came first. Who was the one that pointed that out? Was it Nemitz? I think, I think it was, it was default Nemitz. friend or Nemitz. Okay, yeah. one of those two. But I think it's kind of true that, like, we're trying to apply a homosexual mating style um, or, you know, mate selection uh, onto straight people, and it's clearly not working. Um, that or it's just revealed, like, the most quintessential aspects of female in nature, but here you yeah. are. No, but but here's the argument, though. Is it female nature? Or is it that... I mean, he, of course, like, billionaire psycho argues that. Or is it just that this dynamic accelerated the tendencies that were always there, but yet, you know... I'm more inclined to believe the latter, because obviously this was not how things used to be, and we have historical documentation that this was not how things used to be. Was that because women were oppressed, Prude? Is that why they, you know, they don't... Probably, and it was probably for the best. Like, I don't (laughs) have a problem defending that. Like, that's not a... I don't think that that's an indefensible position. Like... Everyone memes about that, uh, you know. Well, men were under incredible social obligation as well. People, well, they not, were yeah. like there was this whole, um, like all male selection pressures for like marriage, right? Um, whether it's from the ancient city that basically said if you were a virgin, if you were chastity, like you were to be like fined for it, um, or uh, alongside the fact that oh, that's mine, <laughs> yeah, um, but also alongside the fact that you've got the issue of, uh, you know people wanted to have wives and kids and kids were necessary to work on the land or whatever. Like there was intense economic pressure as well to do it. Whereas nowadays when both sides are quote unquote liberated, right? The paradox of female happiness, the more and more rights women have gotten, the more and more in the West are they unhappy. I mean, white women are the highest uh, users per capita of SSRIs. Yeah. I mean, I think that this new form of social technics is only, accelerated the worst impulses of men and women and yeah. look at where we are. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, Chief Justice Supreme Court, um, Josh Hawley, clerk to the Supreme Justice, uh, Chief Justice, that position required brilliance, ambition, precision, eloquence, a grueling work ethic, and an encyclopedic reading schedule. Um, women reject the vast majority of men in chase fruitlessly after a small handful of, uh, you know, conceited womanizer jerks, such as myself, that's billionaire psycho. Um, feast or famine. There's no middle ground. Women enjoy rejecting men, especially handsome men. The power to select or spurn suitors based on arbitrary reasons. Merciful, uh, mercurial moods is fun. It provides a validation, valid, uh, validational ego boost. These truths are politically unpopular. Um, so as a result, Holly blames men, scapegoating men, and porn. Pro, sorry, prawn for the destruction of the family feels righteous and uh, cathartic. Cathartic. But nearly 70% of divorces initiated by women. Um, so there you go. 
Uh, prawn is, of course, a digital sedative, a dysfunctional form of escapism. But the question is never asked, what, uh, what are prawn users escaping from? Uh, viewers immerse themselves in a curated parasocial stimul uh, simulation of an obedient, enthusiastic harem. An impossible fantasy where women co cost nothing, never complain, and dis uh, disappear on command. Although there is some kind of prawns that do the opposite of this, but some men are, you know, well, they have problems. Um, the sporadic and unproductive drugs mask pain, escapism, numbs grief. Modern modernities, uh, lotus eaters drown themselves in hedonic dreams or hedonistic dreams, wallowing in self pity. Uh, but the larger problem is grim reality. Um, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, politics is downstream of culture, culture is downstream of economics. Economics downstream of technology. Prawn is a convenient scapegoat for the entrenched, intractable problems of modernity. The end of cheap energy bleeds into social dysfunctions and personal misfortunes. Marriage has become a luxury product. There's an economic gravity and uh, incremental heaviness inflicted by five consecutive decades of inflation, offshoring credentialism, globalization, housing bubbles, urban crime, and mass immigration. Traditional lifestyles are still available if you can afford them. Every year, the price appreciates by a tiny margin. Now, he is correct, but he doesn't devolve in this piece into, like, solely viewing it as economism. But some people have said politics, I mean, culture is downstream of law. I'm, I'm not sure that take. I don't think that take is true. I think that's academic agents' take. Politics yeah. being downstream of culture is sort of the classic... Um, yeah what uh classic andrew breitbart take which i mean the culture war matters for this reason whether you think it's the other way around or not um but i mean it is indicative that if you have power you can determine what the culture is so i i think yes. that i don't know if they're necessarily downstream but i do think that it's a two-way street but one certainly has more impact on the other. And I think that it's politics and by extension, the state, the law, the what we would call, you know, the regime or whatever term you want to use um, academia, this sort of selection pressure for more or less rebelling against those social norms of culture that are meant to constrain our best impulses. But I mean, even even if we take it this way, right? Like politics is downstream from culture. Uh, if our culture is severely deracinated or liberated away from traditional norms, then yeah, um, culture is downstream from economics. I agree with that. Um, yeah, just a, a large extent. Just because if you're broke, or if you can't make it, and you're underemployed or not making a lot of money, then hard to be high class, high strata. Um, but yeah. Porn is a convenient scapegoat for the entrenched um, because porn is present for everybody. I mean, it's not just like basement neats that are enjoying their quote unquote goon session. It's um, also really wealthy people that also have a problem. I mean, well, there's women too. Apparently women yeah. have a, yeah, I'm sure that they do. I don't know enough about it just cause I'm not a woman, but yeah. yeah. There are female gooners, apparently. <laughs> was, when did that word gooners? start being a thing? Because, you know, you used to just say that you were, you know, doing... There's a long uh, history onanistic activity, but yeah. okay. I'm not going to ask or get into it if there's a long history. I well, may not actually there's whole want to know. The rules threads on. There's whole follow the rules streams on this question. But anyways, um, then Billionaire Psycho goes into Young uh, Chohan's... Marriage is a luxury product, though. Yeah. That's that's really... I guess it depends on who. I mean, if you still, a, if you're more culturally conservative, I mean, like, and, I, and again, these are minorities I'm talking about here, not like demographic minorities. I mean, just like a minority 
of the population. larger population. Like those people, marriage is a, isn't a luxury product if you're still culturally ingrained to believe that that's what you're supposed to do. It's not many people nowadays. Um, but I mean, even the wealthy, when they get married, it never lasts long. Marriage is more like a, a flex in a lot of ways, which is strange because men know that divorce laws fuck them. But yeah, yeah. they still get married. Like how many times is... Uh, how many rings does J-Lo have at this point? You know, right? Like, raises some questions. She collects them like like pogs, you know? Yeah. Pong. Remember that in the 90s? The only 90s kids? Um, that was real. You remember those? Those little, po- those little like, plastic. Yeah, I do. You collect them. They're all over You're the probably place too young to remember. I'm, I'm a 30-year-old boomer, so... Are you, are, have you started riding your lawnmower at 6 a.m.? I should, eh? I should listen to uh, Title Fight and Sunny Day Real Estate while I mow my lawn at 6 a.m. Uh, anyways, the difference between the middle class cost today is the need to purchase um, insulation from the growing American dysfunction. Um, there are simply fewer functional, socially, economically, and physically intact places to live today than the 1980s. And he all... 1990s middle-class lifestyle means three-bedroom houses, two cars. Yeah, basically the Simpsons family home. Um, in 2022, I've dedicated 400K a year house. And, of course, our good friend James Kirkpatrick. All of American life revolves around earning enough money to escape the consequences of the civil rights movement. It's one giant intelligence test of avoiding legal traps, escaping compromised institutions, and lying through your teeth about what you're actually doing. Wow, that's a pretty black. That's a pretty you. You know, that's a humongous Moab black pill right there. But it's probably true. and it's the most accurate thing ever. This is that yeah. if you're like it's alongside the tweet that you can tell how like messed up an American city has been by looking at its suburbs and the, like the highway development around them. They're like tree rings of each sort of progressive wave of the civil rights movement of people trying yeah. to escape. Oh my God, that's true. Um, the decline started in the 70s and really sped up in 2008. The only thing is that decline has been very enveloped in this point. You know what's funny is that you probably can, the acceleration of noticing the decline probably did accelerate under Obama from like 2008 to like 2012 was probably like going into the 2010s. You really started to notice it. So. Oh, I wonder if that's also yeah. just generational. Because yeah, I mean, it's if, you were to, generational. if you were to ask some paleocon that has been like writing Pat Buchanan in since he first ran for president, uh, he'd probably say that yeah. things have just you know they've been always getting worse. So I, I, like, they, I don't, I don't know. You know, didn't they say that only like four percent or some ridiculous number like of millennials own their home outright? Uh, we can find out what is total millennial home ownership. Yeah, here you go, 4%, but let's, at that, their age, boomers own 32% of the country's real estate, eight times as much. That's probably a real number. Do they, wait, wait, well, the 4% number, where is that? Amy Nixon. Um, oh, what know? percentage of total real estate value? There's a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, real you're right. Real estate value. Real estate value. Because a lot of millennials do own homes nowadays, from what I'm reading here, um, but their slice of the pie in terms of like what that's valued at is incredibly yeah. low. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, you see this chart right here. Yeah. If you're a leaf, like I am, you know, all this stuff, like hospital services, medical care that just goes up with taxes 
So it's like virtually the same number if you're a leaf, even though we have quote unquote universal health care. But it's funny because like I was talking to an American friend who had like a doctor's like he had to see a specialist and he's like, yeah, so they booked me for next week. I go in Canada. You would be booked a few months from now, maybe more actually. So even though Americans are paying way more, uh, Canadians pay way more in taxes but our services are significantly crappier. So that's, I mean, if you, if you can pay for good medical, as you know, Prude, if you can pay for good medical care in America, you could pay for it. But in Canada, like you don't have an option in Canada. You can't like, here's the thing. If you have a crappy like hospital or if you have a crappy like experience, um, you can't even switch hospitals. They don't let you, uh, are they don't you let serious? You do that. No, you can't switch hospitals. You can't, you have to do it. You know, you know, another thing too, which I don't understand. They really want you to just like off yourself. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother couldn't do it when she had medical problems. You know, another thing too, is the leftoids, you know, how they're like obsessed with therapy. Like everyone should get, th- I remember one Sandbat stream with you, with you on your channel. He's like, you know, the solution they have is like, everyone gets therapy. Everyone gets their industrialized therapy in Canada. It's virtually impossible to get a therapist, like an actual psychiatrist. Unless like a doctor refers you, you basically have to be on the door of like total mental breakdown. You know, in America, you, you can pay for a psychiatrist. Yeah. You, you can in Canada. Well, I mean, what's even worse is, is that most community health foundations in America, like these sort of like quasi NGO type deals for local areas, they have like trained public medical services that respond quickly, relatively well, (laughs) I love his I love his profile picture. I love yeah, I, I, I'm on a, I'm on a bird kick as of late. Uh, oh, yeah. Inside of you, there are two birds, Simeon Pervert and Peter Rex. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy to think about that. They really want all avenues for you to be desperate, dependent or ready to off yourself. And they'll give that service for free. Um, yeah. Un, un, insane. Absolutely. They'll, they'll give you like a psychology, like a psychology temp, like going, like going in the last rungs of grad school thing, your family doctor, but no, to see a legit psychiatrist, you have to be referred and you don't get to choose who you get either. Eh? Like people like literally psychology, psychiatrist shop because they don't vibe with whoever in Canada, you don't have a choice. So you'd figure like leftoids would be like freaking out. They'd be like making a big deal about it. But no, but of course, because in left in in Canada, the left. Well, who does that disproportionately affect? It doesn't disproportionately affect urbanites, right? I'd imagine that that's a rural medicine problem that they have no yeah. problem saying screw you. No, no, but even urbanites, you can't you can't psychiatry shop. You have to whoever they give you, they give you, and uh, it's really they basically have to cover for the Canadian healthcare system the way that the leftoids do in in England with the NHS. So, um, anyways. Widespread use of intense, high-resolution cinematic prawn is symptoms of our culture's sexual dysfun- uh, actual dysfunction. Um, I wonder if uh, trying to be YouTube optical. Apparently, people like YouTubers they even they even uh, you they can see you can say these words. Yeah, I mean live streams especially. Happy relations are often destroyed by our poisoned ecosystem. Natural impulses have been hijacked, funneled into various forms of self-destruction. Notice how billionaire psycho again doesn't just blame the capitalism or whatever, the, the, you know, atomization. 
Well, even when he points out the high costs of things, right? Like that chart yeah. earlier with all those red lines, that's commonly used by like the American Enterprise Institute. That may have actually come from the a AEI, but I mean, yeah. uh, it's always associated with like the higher regulatory burdens they're on a specific industry, the more expensive they get, which is true. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're just getting a plain, flat out busted analysis of how, not, I mean, how an analysis of how busted this is, because yeah, yeah. Um, brains are rewired everything is more or less pornographic or caters to a specific um troll gaze or a, a specific kind of pornographic male or female gaze like it was very funny we were talking about like the barbie thing and some chats yesterday and it was just like funny how this movie which is meant to be about is, is directed by a woman um greta gerwig an actress uh, and it's you know nominally about the woman but all aspects of the male character here is shot in the male gaze rather than a female one, yeah. uh, which I think is rather interesting for who that, why that's intentional. Um, and I, and I would presume quite clearly it's for subversive intent, right? Like you want to highlight the homoeroticism, but uh, yeah, I mean, everything is rewired to make things as pornographic as possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's funny though, how, we can sort of like retcon Ken as being like a reactionary, you know, uber masculine figure. I don't know. He's trying to escape the longhouse or something. I, I've heard some pretty funny dialogues on Twitter. I haven't seen it yet, but anyways, um, emotions and experiences are designed, packed and marketed and sold as consumable products. Again. So he's getting this from Yum Chohan. Um, casual human interactions have been monetized and paywalled. There is a fundamental absence of meaning. Brotherhood is forbidden. When you speak with the veteran soldiers returning from Afghanistan and Iraq, he will speak wishfully of the fraternity, wistfully of the fraternity of those days, which he cannot find anywhere as a civilian. Perhaps he volunteered as a firefighter to play sports as a pale surrogate for the brotherhood he lost. There's this video that I saw that became very popular. It was uh, lunchtime in Iraq. Have you seen this one, Prude? I have not. It's like filmed in 2004. This guy before like YouTube and everything existed, he filmed these like vlogs of like what it's like to be a soldier. And he filmed like the absolutely like abysmal mess hall that they had. Mm. You know, all the food gets dehydrated. But it was funny though, because you could tell like these guys, it's like, uh, I remember one comment said it was, so you're telling me being a soldier in Iraq is sort of like high school all the time but you're carrying automatic weapons with you 24 seven. It's sort of like a weird dynamic. Um, but yeah, that high school dynamic between men is sort of like, uh, there's it's there for a reason, you know, freedom of association. This is another big point and authority to reject outsiders has been outlawed by the Trojan horse of civil rights, which seized uh, power 60 years ago. Now you'd figure like an, and this is the argument I've noticed that people like, you know, that are friends, like Martin and, you know, these, you know, a lot of these Amarnites make, I remember Atrazine Graper even tweeted about this, that, you know, free association, if we had like true liberty, like, you know, in a way, true libertarianism has never been tried in the sense that, you know, you'd figure being free and fair would be, you get to choose who you associate with or who you frequent in terms of, uh, you know, business relations and, and who you want to live in your neighborhood collect If you make a collective decision, it's like, no, you can't have that because that's like not equality, right? That's not equity. That's racism. So it's like, <laughs> you know, a true libertarianism in that sense has never been tried. Um, 
Yeah, you haven't no. had that since the 1960s, and it's not coming back anytime soon in no. that respect. I mean, that, that's why there was so much optimism at the sort of the turn of the century about the internet, because that might be the real, the real way to have at least online freedom of association. But even then, everything is so semi-permeable. There's no effective gatekeeping outside of a few organizations or groups or clubs or whatever that like exclusively paywall things. You got to have some skin in the game uh, to do so. Uh, and you just don't have that now because all it takes is one person to be like, yeah, he's okay. And then like the whole scene gets ruined. This also coincides with the fact that everything used to be far more decentralized, whereas most of the discourse has, excuse me, found itself in like five or 10 websites, forums and image boards yeah. and blogs. So like things have gotten increasingly more crunched and centralized. Uh, there's no real escape. Because you want to go back where your friends are, even though your friends hate the same place that they go to every day. Like, hate Twitter, but I'd probably want to come back if my account ever got suspended. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it really is like, um, yeah, yeah, it really, it really is like the sort of dataism of like centralizing everything to maximize what is constitutive of the only thing that matters, which is this free flow of data and information that has no hierarchy, hierarchical arrangement to where we can predicate what is valuable and what is not. Even human relations are like this too. Everything must be homogenized into just like, you know, the whole like idea, it sounds very nice, the morality of the left, but it sounds nice to a child of like, you know, love and un peace, love and understanding and let's love each other. But a monumental cycle of just destroying systems of meaning and human relations that have been built up over centuries goes into that, but also destroying like an un, un like an unprecedented amount of just like, you know, of, of a, a trail of rivers of blood and piles of bodies have gone into this like quote unquote free and loving universal egalitarian ethic. Right. I mean, we basically had to murder empires to do this. And people think it's right. And like, you know, there's commies that do things like gloat over uh, the death of the Romanovs, right? It's like their big, like, normie sadism thing. I've yeah. seen, I saw this recently, you know, and it's, uh, it's like, that's what I mean. Like, you, you have to, like, basically, you basically have to cop for the destruction of whole civilizations and ways of life to say that this universalist, secular, you know, humanist, egalitarianist, uh, you know, egalitarian morality is like this only way of life that's so free loving and peaceful that, you know, why do you want to harsh everyone's vibes by having free association? That's that's barbaric and reactionary. Right. So anyways, I'm just ranting right now. And yet this modern jungle of Tinder hookup, birth control and no fault divorce is a particularly dehumanizing, desolate wasteland. Intimacy bleeds a slow, excruciating death. Heartbreak has become common. Love brings meaning to life. Life is about people and relationships. It's tragic how far our culture has decayed. The real horror which terrifies me is understanding how much worse Soviet America can be and will be. Nightmares are emerging. Our current suffering is not even close to the bottom of human condition. By the way, Amy just got suspended today. So, Oh, did she? But she always comes back. She always comes back. She has, uh, I think yeah, she, she has a tendency to have a, a, to come back rather quickly. 
yeah, I mean, she, I think she tweeted a particular photo of Hunter Biden. So anyways, um, Oh, she, she was pulling a Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Letting people yeah. know about new photos of Hunter Biden's anyways. Uh, I won't finish that. Yeah, with certain lady, that with certain uh, friends of the road to quote Ray from trailer park boys, uh, Hunter was certain friends of the road, but anyways, um, uh, that was a great that was a great episode well, between Bubbles go, and Ray. Go, go go back up real quick though. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, um, women are lonely, men are depressed, and the distance between them is widening. This oh, is I forgot that the digital part. thing yeah. I was saying about earlier. Uh, there's always been acute tensions between men and women. There will always be adversarial friction because oh, men yeah. and women dream, build, and love in different ways. You will never be loved by a woman the way that you want to be loved. Um, yeah, exactly. Men and women are just different. Um, that's the eternal tragedy of the, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know. My uh, our, GF our desires. The way I love, I want to be loved. I don't know. Well, good. Um, no, but I know what you also, mean. It is true. What, but uh, but also, but also you're this, you're in love for the first time and that's wonderful because love brings meaning to life. Um, yeah. but also like, <laughs> like the, the birth control bit, I just noticed that the FDA had begun the process to move an over the counter birth control pill out into the market, which is absolutely fucking terrifying. If, wow. uh, if birth control didn't have a monumentous effect while I was behind a, a prescription, having it over the counter will only make things worse. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would imagine that things are probably going to get worse in that respect, but yeah, heartbreak is far more common. Um, and, I, and he'll get into it a little bit, but like um, men who try to escape this as well, uh, and like this is this is the the point that I think Zero HP Lovecraft made in his sort of critique of Roosh. And I don't know. I mean, there's some there's some validity to it. But like um, he had popped off and he had said that like what Roosh did was retreat into religion. Um, yeah. And I mean, to some extent, there's truth in the word retreat. Yeah, there, there's truth I, in that. Yeah. Because a lot but... of people do. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people also try to get right with their soul. Uh, what I what I find interesting though, and this is also some off personal experience. This is like once you like try and deprogram yourself from uh like you know hookup stuff pornography all that like you're still scarred you know like you're still you still know that that stuff exists your brain still knows how that works even though you're trying to undo all the hardening of your neuroplasticity um and that also means that people are going to have struggles um formulating what would be called quote unquote traditional relationships or marriages and i and that's a struggle i see from a lot of people who are trying to like go back to religion who are trying to quit pornography like you're still wired by it your brain is still trying to like reject it even though that's what you were like habituated to uh and i think that it's going to make all these things even more uh problematic as men and women try and decouple themselves while all of society is pushing them to uh just stick with what makes them feel good rather than yeah what makes work because that's been the ultimate like reorientation and inversion of values in like the last 100 years because like the sexual revolution stuff and radlib has a good uh stream on this that stuff actually kicks off in the 1920s um it literally took the great depression and world war ii to put like a generational halt to the uh, the, the sexual revolution um but it only intensifies after world war ii and then from there uh we've seen the society, right? Like all those polls about uh, you as a citizen of a country have like a duty to reproduce. And most mm -hmm. people don't think that you do. 
And I even, and I said this in my article yesterday, that there are people that cite climate change as the reason why they don't have kids. Mm -hmm. They're a minority, like 12%, but that still constitutes millions of people who have decided that to save Mother Gaia, they must like kill their children or to not have children at all and to end their bloodlines. And so what is the point of having a relationship then if we're just going to be quirked up chungus people who have no desire to uh, have anything, but you know, we'll, we'll call ourselves pet parents. Like what well, existence is that? Well, it's a tough question because the idea, especially to, again, I mentioned like these, you know, viral tweets or whatever on Reddit or, you know, where they talk about like, there's sort of like what I call pop antinatalism that yeah. like, you shouldn't be obliged to have a kid, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of these zoomer women buy into it, but I think that it's a tough it's a tough position because on the one hand, they believe that we we live in such a crushingly like individualist like liberalism that we can't conceive of the notion that there is a greater obligation to anything to to a civilization to a an ethnos to a religion like that's all gone. But also, the people that do think that there should be that loyalty to the future, uh, when you look at what civilization has become, especially here in North America, there's really nothing to be loyal to. I mean, there's a lot of things to be loyal to. There's still the remnants of things to be loyal to. I'm not being a total doomer, uh, total black pill, but I do think no, that I mean, no, you're, you're the right. current iteration like, I, of our civilization, that's what I mean. Because I'm, I'm not loyal to, like, gay America. That's for certain. I wouldn't want any, like, right-wing... I'm not loyal to Justin really... Trudeau. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I wouldn't want you or Kruptos or whatever up there in the Great White North to say, like, yeah, I have a duty to, like, perpetuate the Canadian that is ruled... Like, no one wants to, like, perpetuate the, the lifespan or the lifeblood of Trudeau's Canada. Yeah, go to Radical Liberation's channel. And look up a black horse's uh black horse's stream with him about like his experience with the uh you know in Canada. Like you'll see, you know, that that was a riveting stream because it really it really shows and I remember that controversy with the uh the Christian college, the lawyers. They want they yeah. stripped their yeah, it's like I remember that. I remember back when he was less of a piece of shit. Um Michael Corden had that on his show, talked about it. The guy, the director of the the university but then of course you know michael corn became a sellout backstabber but anyways uh moving on yeah no so i totally get the reason why people have no incentive to be loyal to the current iteration of what quote-unquote western civilization is no i mean that, that's how bad it's gotten this is that there is no fundamental like there's no teleological drive to like continue anything because yeah. everything nowadays is, just, and again, it does like, again, this, there is a material aspect to it. Absolutely. Cause you look around you and like more cheap labor being imported from the third world is like coming in. There's no, like, there's no good housing that you can afford with your current job. Lest you're like really fortunate and scrimp by and make it. Yeah. Uh, why would you, I mean, like I, I see more people nowadays anyways, just cite costs as to, um why they don't have children than anything else and i think on one hand i'm like no that's a totally understandable like that stuff's expensive yeah. on the other hand it's just like is this because you don't want to give up some goods your own i hate because uh, the treat discourse is back on twitter i saw oh i saw the bananas yeah, yeah like your, your treats 
you know, if you're a good boy, you get treats or whatever, i.e., you know, decent services and civilization. Civilization's a treat now, according to some irony leftists. What about the farmers? Listen, harden your heart to pity, okay? Harden your heart to pity. You know, anyways, I'm not going to go with shut out. Suffer suffer not for the urbanite to live. Um, Yeah, why would exactly Glaucon, exactly? (laughs) Why why would godless people want kids? No, that's true. That's true. Um, because you know, I think what, Richard Dawkins has a daughter, but that's you know, exception, yeah. But Richard Dawkins, I mean, like, okay, great, he's rich, so it's he's like rich you know, for him, yeah. children are a luxury item. If you're rich, children are a luxury, they're not like I have this innate desire to propagate the human species. Like, yeah, I've exactly. never seen my like my wholesome science <laughs> fedora tipping atheists of like the new atheist, um, of 2004. Mm. None of those oh, yeah. guys have like more than two children. They all Does have Aaron two Raw have kids or one. I don't know. I don't think so. Let's find Does out. Does TJ Kirk have kids? No. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. That's I'm so glad. Does Aaron Raw have kids. He has one daughter. Whoa! No, no, a daughter and a son. Look at that. He's doing pretty good, actually. So, I mean, yeah, nobody cares like, about him anymore, but yeah. I mean, mo- mo- most pronatal uh, atheist account, you know. Um, yeah, Aaron Ra. Two two children. Bravo. You're so close um, to that, what, 2.4 replacement rate or whatever. I love um, how Aaron Ra just like st- is like perpetually stuck in 2008. <laughs> like he's, a lot of he them does are. the same lecture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a I've lot never of them seen, are. I, I made the mistake of going to look up fake Sagan's channel and it's like the same stuff only he like only trump like further broke his brain so it's like <laughs> well it was again it's like it's like with tj kirk you know just like yeah. trump trump broke his brain and yeah. you just it, it and you decided to be even more of an openly uh just an open libertine you know like yeah how can, how does anyone respond to tj kirk the amazing atheist when he talks about the size of his genitals. Like, you don't. That man is certified insane. He will never have children. Like, oh, Hallie Newton, like, had a great point about this, where he he, he quoted, or he screen-capped that response, and he's just like, this dude goes so hard. How the fuck do you respond to a man tweeting about the size of his cock? And it was just so perfect. Um, but yeah, like, uh, new atheists aren't pronatalists. The, the, the godless people don't have kids. Like, Yeah, P.Z. Myers, I think he even something. went the whole... Like you, you can't have children route. I think PZ Myers, he went the whole like you know you have to save Mother Earth, blah blah blah. Yeah, but, uh, like you gotta worship yeah. Mother Gaia in order to like the Mother Earth is more important. The eternal womb of the Earth is more important than having anything worthwhile come out of the womb of your wife. But I mean, good good riddance. Do you remember like when TJ Kirk would do those rants? Like I think Cody Weber would film them. And it was like, people thought they were so profound and so like edgy Gen X, like, you know, that type of like that type of uh, particular cadence. Yeah. It's like people thought the guy was like brilliant because he had an ability to rant or whatever. It was like very man, funny. Man, man runs his mouth. People find it to be profound. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, war like with two, Pat Condell. 2008 like youtube was a totally different ecosystem too like yeah man it was totally what a what a what a time to be alive like there was (laughs) that the picture of who was it like nostalgia critic or someone else meeting at the game stop and they're like people don't understand how cool this was in 2009 or whatever and it's just just like yeah yeah. now 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 it looks dorky but like back then that was like the emergence of fandoms and internet culture and yeah um 
you know, nowadays it's like, no, don't ever meet me IRL. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> want to do that or whatever. Um, but yeah, what a different, what a different time. Um, the human. Yeah, but now YouTube's changed. become even worse. I mean, there's all these video essays; they're just terrible. And oh, I know. Ready. Like, I I found I was getting upset. I, like, I I was listening to because again, I I don't like a lot of like white video essayists and this is kind of funny because i built my pc to actually be a video essayist not this politics guy but um i you know obviously i'm not in it for the money but uh i was listening to one on fraser and like it's like an hour and a half long and i was like 20 minutes into it and i was like so far so good there's some neat like production behind the scenes history i didn't know and then it started talking about like class and race and i was like never recommend this channel to me again fuck you you i'm not interested um and that's the case for all of it now um I'm honest to God, I'm more happy about the fact I've been recognized publicly in a Bucky's than ever being yeah. uh, a guy that writes about like, like material dialectics uh, in regards to a sitcom of the 1990s. I'd yeah, but those guys are all guy. midwits though. They don't know anything. Um, well, I know, but like those guys get hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. They all strangely get hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, Cause I mean, well, actually, like this is a, a, a. I know we're going off tangent here. There but was a girl that that uh, Brittany Venti was critiquing recently. She gets like hundreds of thousands of views, and she's like an airhead. Like, which one was it? Was it the oh the Dutch uh, French woman? Oh, the Ava Vlar or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, she's got. She's like so annoying. I don't know. It's okay, like, I'm, I like like people criticize Brittany Venti, but I like when Brittany Venti goes off, she like really knows where to hit. She like she really knows how to attack. I don't think I've ever seen any of her work and I'm okay not <laughs> oh, man. if I'm being honest. But like Oh the Ava Vlar girl or Brittany Venti? Both. I mean I've seen <laughs> Ava's tweets, but I mean I don't really care because it's just like this is a woman who's like kind of like pimping herself out for clicks and views with a nominally yeah. like alt light message. Like, okay, it's 2016 again. But um like no, no, no that no, stuff's pop- leftoid, the leftoid one. Oh, 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 yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking about. You're like, thinking the of someone else. Chick. I am. Well, they both have an Ava in their name or something. Oh, like you that. mean the 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 pro the Dutch protest? Girl. Yes, 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 yes. No, totally different one. This is a YouTube okay. video essayist. That's like this Dutch French woman, who uh like does these like leftoid like everything is the reason I can't find a good husband is because of capitalism sort of deal. Um, I mean, oh, I know no, I'm simplifying it, it but it's. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, but it's probably because she's just a frigid bitch, not because of capitalism. The reason but... men are evil is because of capitalism. No, honey, you probably got alpha widowed by some like six. What is this alpha jab. widow thing? What's this alpha? Well, it's like it, it, like when a guy is like he's just there to like fuck you, and he's not particularly interested, and maybe oh, he like sells you up on the idea of marriage or whatever. And then he's like no longer interested. And like a lot of guys will do this with like lefty women where they're like, yeah, this is great and all, but like buy or whatever. Um, but that no, is like, bad, a, though. come on, it man. is bad. I, I it is bad. I should encourage, it is you bad. encourage that. I don't, I don't, I don't, but also like, <laughs> no, no, you don't, don't, but I mean, in general, don't, like, I don't, think, don't, yeah, don't fuck lefties is also my like core advice. Um, yeah, I'm a hypocrite, but don't do it. Um, well, I'm, I don't do it anymore. But anyways, like... But the it's reason probably worth so too popular, much hassle for it to... It really is. Um, no amount of fun is, is worth that hassle. But That like, was like that one tweet of, like, the, the chick that... Like, it goes viral periodically. The woman with a t- tattoo of Dylan and Eric. And the tweet was, like, nuclear level head top. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> so crazy there. Yeah. 
That was funny. But anyways, go ahead, Prue, go ahead. Yeah, but like I I had um Do not my... do not go out with a YouTube lefty video essayist. She will probably ruin your life and she will she do will... it for clout too. She'll she will put... ruin your life and she will I have seen a lot of lefty you... women dox men that they've been with over a break. She will treat you like Richard Spencer's ex-wife and do a long video breakdown about the profile of a sociopath. Uh, and it'll be thinly veiled attacks against you. Um, but the case of Mummy Nina Byzantina, I gotta say though, never mind, never mind, never. As I don't even need. I don't even. Who is that? That's his ex-wife, Nina Byzantina. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, Byzantina. I mean, Sorry. Spencer I just, was. I just kinda... did... Yeah, but I mean, let's not get into it. Let's we're let's good. not we're get into it. Edging too close, um, like Icarus here. That's true. <laughs> no, but I've but seen no, like I, lefty women. I've seen they've doxed their boyfriends over a breakup. I've seen this. There's actually a pretty good academic. This is why you don't tell frogs. whoever you're dating who you are online. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you that tweet about keeping your Android phone never to be seen after like three dates or whatever. Never let them know your Twitter handle. Never let them know what you do about your blog or whatever. Yeah. Uh, don't even say. Don't even say you have a podcast. Just don't. It's probably worth your time to never mention unless she your... unless you found your your significant unless you found her that way she... um, yeah. but even then be careful <laughs> even then be careful but i remember um, i remember in college in my apartment be I careful had the, she's my, probably listening to this right now so. probably but like I, my, yeah. I had a roommate who was just like the the stereotypical definition of just like i just want to game like play video games and do whatever take kind a of women's dude. studies class to pick up women <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of like that stereotype, but like he would oh. waste his time off work, like with a beer, and he would just watch those like top ten watch mojo videos or whatever. And that was his idea of killing time. And I was just thinking to myself, that is scary. Like that this is a human being. This person yeah. votes. This person has quote unquote opinions <laughs> of things. And like that's that is, this is the eternal tragedy of the human condition is knowing that those people. <laughs> Look at that. No, but unless your GF is cool, like unless you can slowly drop hints at what your political beliefs are without her freaking out. I mean, that's probably, but then again, yeah, you probably are playing with fire. Depends if you're an anon or I'm not an anon. I don't have this problem, but like if you're an anon and you know that like woman like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's actually pretty shocking how far you could get with, like, an apolitical normie woman, you know, without them freaking out. But anyways, um, just don't show them your folders filled with memes of, uh, you know. Anyways, well, they don't need to see like, they, It's like, ah, oh, shit, she found the Giga Chad folder. Um, <laughs> She's found the Giga Chad folder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, but anyways, uh. yeah, it's Life is about people and relationships, and it's tragic how far our culture has decayed. A real horror. Yeah, this is the Soviet America part. Yes. Uh, and we do live in. Oh, a we we Soviet have the articles still. America. We're an hour in. We haven't. Yeah, might have to do a multiple parter on this. We have. So. We have. We have uh, transgender political officers now in the U.S. Army. Like we're so we're so yeah. here. Uh, you um, remove yeah. transgender ideology. Oh, what was the name? Yeah, transgender ideology from public life. You you actually do prevent the reproduction of their species because it occurs through mimetic contagion. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then Myth Pilot saying, people today are under the misimpression that trans and LGBT are a phenomenon with independent existence recently discovered by science, as if they were new elements in the periodic table. Every discussion is framed in these terms. You must reject this premise. Yeah. These are manufactured identities made in the, exactly the same way as consumer enthusiast communities. So true. Yeah, I probably have to say that for YouTube. Uh, let's let's skip that. Um, but that 2010s thing? You know, first observed in those uh, 2010 something awful forms. Yeah. I also, I don't know why, but like, I find this interesting. This is the most telling thing. If you were ever to look up, it, there's a, there's a tweet about this, and if it, it's called Trans Core Video Games. Oh and yeah, it's just like every trick. major. Yeah. It's yeah, just every major trick. video game that's ever come out, and it's like, excuse me, like I don't think these things made you trans. It was probably the pornography around these that probably encouraged it, but. I, yeah. Like in what world? And like they do this too. Like there's that awful place on Reddit called Egg IRL where they like you're you're trans. You just don't know what I want you to come out. Oh, da, da, my egg is gonna hatch. And it's just like it's a it's a community of these like groomers and social contagions of like oh you play as a woman in your video game must be a troon. You know like that's how yeah. it is. And it's like no, I play Fallout New Vegas and I've got the like lady killer perk or whatever. This does not make me a person that wants to slice off my dick, like fuck right mm-hmm. off. But that's the, that's the nature that we live under right now is, is that um, these, these identities that encourage like sexual um, ideation, which then of course is like the real contagion for like autogynephilia and all the rest of it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Oh. I, I mean, I was done with the point. We can keep reading. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The pain is real. Exotic mental disorders will breed multiplicity. Uh, the technological demon of the internet are real. Um, internets are real, but their arrival lags behind mass adaptation of social media. Yeah, social media is really like the omega point of a lot of this. Digital opium destroys uh, focus by providing instant gratification. Willpower is eroded by an excess of easy pleasures. Cheap distractions saturate our surroundings. Psychological diseases are invisible, asymptomatic during the early stages of mass formation psychosis. Contamination is subtle. Novel strains of mania and hysteria built in quite isolation. Quite isolation. These are industrial contagions. Look at the cartel violence of Mexico, the violent favelas of Brazil, to gain a hint of where this road can take us. Um, also, you notice like a lot of the the racial politics of the left also have this like Hutu energy to it, right? That's another thing. Um, imagine a crime novel populated by dirty cops and gangbangers. Infused with the macabre horror of Stephen King, illuminated by the cyberpunk delirium of Philip K. Dick or William Gibson, masked muscular squads of steroid-laced criminals leap from vans, kidnapping celebrities, livestream beheadings on screen. Feral barbarism. The gulags of our future will be famous. Wow. Mazes of despair if they're allowed to happen. Yeah, it's already kind of happening. Um, I was like, it's kind of already happening, but like, you know, just... Well, what's worse is that the definition of celebrity has also changed too. Like, yeah, true. take these human NPC characters, and someone just like goes out of their way, kidnaps them, or whatever. Like, and it all be streamed. Like, we were mm-hmm. we, we were just talking about this in Pat Casey's chat the other day, where it was like these like IRL live streamers with like their speakers and stuff, and people will troll them and have like the N word come out of their speakers, yeah. and it's just like I'm genuinely surprised no one's been killed that way. I'm um, surprised, yeah. Like like uh, Ice Poseidon or or Asian Andy or Big Alaska has him. Well, actually, based Alaska copped a court case because of his IRL streaming. But like someone, like, do you remember those prank channels? I mean, most of those were staged, though. 
but the ones that weren't it was actually quite shocking that you know they they could like go in the ghetto and you know step on people's uh air jordans that was a big one um yeah but anyways yeah so um sexual dysfunction deserves to be explored in serious ways there was a tweet once where it's like why do we why do we let prisoners get jacked why can't we just feed them nothing but seed oils there was that tweet once but anyways um Sexual dysfunction deserves to be explored in a serious way, intended intent are on solutions rather than scapegoats. The fissure between men and women runs deep throughout the heart of this dying civilization. Yeah, exactly. I, I said this in the top of the stream, like the lack of scapegoats should be a priority. Um, the psychosexual frustrations of ordinary women, the emasculated melancholy of ordinary men are together one of the main catalysts fueling your descent into poverty, misery, and barbarism. Operate, uh, operatic tragedy stirs. Romance is beautiful. Marriage is meaningful. They deserve to be recaptured, rediscovered, and reinvigorated. Um, dollar shave masculinity. Wow. Um, and these are some good quotes. Sexist civilization. masculinity. Yeah, microplastic masculinity. That's my favorite um, term, but yeah, dollar shave. <laughs> yeah, dollar shave masculinity. Manscaped masculinity. Ugh. Bacon, uh, lemon, uh, bacon, beard grease, masculinity, bacon, bacon soap, grease. yeah, bacon soap. Um, and then yeah. it's and then it's and then it's like moist critical in the advertisement, and it's just like, yep, this is exactly <sighs> who it's for. Yep, exactly. I <laughs> there was that one 4chan green text about moist critical. He's like an inane observations repeated over and over again in a funny voice. It's like, yeah. Anyways, um, sexist is civilization with gasoline is to modernity. Gasoline should not be forsworn because it is useful tool when controlled. Um, when sex is channeled in harness properly, civilization reaches greater heights. Gasoline is not a subset that should be given liberty unless you're trying to destroy an enemy, in which case you coat them in napalm. Um, today, love is being uh, positivized into four. So this is a Byung Chul Han quote, which I think we should spend some time on. Today, love is being positivized into a form formula for enjoyment. Above all, love is supposed to be gener to generate pleasant feelings. It no longer represents plot, narration, or drama. Only inconsequential. And so he talks about this in the scent of time as well. Uh, only inconsequential emotions and arousal. It is free from the negativity of injury, assault, or crashing. To fall in love would already be too negative. The performance principle that dominated all spheres of life today also encompassed love and sexuality. Thus, the heroine of the best-selling novel Fifty Shades of Grey is surprised when her partner construes the relationship as a, a job offer. It is set hours, a job description, and rather harsh grievance procedure. The performance principle cannot accommodate the negativity of excess and transgression. Accordingly, the agreements and submissive pledge to observe include penalty of uh, plenty of exercise, healthy meals, and ample re rest. So you're basically formulating all those things that, like, you know, couples in a sort of imperceptible way suggest to each other, anyways, to better to better their lives. It's like now it's got to be an agreement, right? Like that's the sort of performance culture that uh, Byung Chul Han is talking about. She is not allowed to eat anything other than fruit between meals. She must avoid uh, immoderate consumptions of alcohol and may not smoke or use drugs. Even sexuality bows to the command of health. Every form of negativity is prohibited. 
even the negativity of real or symbolic dirt is eliminated. The sadomasochistic practices the novel describes among, amount to nothing more than sexual diversions. They lack the negativity of overstepping. Thus, the partners determine in advance what they that they will not exceed hard limits. So-called safe words guarantee... You know what's funny? Let me go off for a second here. Let me go off for a second. There's this argument of people that are in like these poly uh, relationships. If you if you go to any soft white underbelly video and you look at anyone that features polyamory, they always talk about how it's more healthy than any other relationship because there's communication and there's like the, this agreement between each other. It's like, that's all crap. That's all like, it's it's robbing the essence of what a relationship is. First of all, it's a perversion to begin with because it's like, you know, particularity and exclusivity are the bedrocks of all erotic engagement that is meaningful. And to strip it away of that, to be like, we, we trust each other. We're in our polycule and we're safe together, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's crap. That's There's always going to be those petty jealousies and resentments. There's always going to... And so to compensate, they have to like efficiency max with like time limits and graphs and they have to schedule their relationships. It's like, that's like the most like alien thing I could think of really like it's, it's, it's just basically negotiating. It's finding a way to like rational brain yourself around an inherently dysfunctional arrangement. Right. It's just like, I, like they talk about how it's more healthy. It's like, yeah, listen, you know, yeah, communication is really important, but there's just certain things that like should only be discussed within the exclusivity of a relationship. That's just like, like, like it, there's this, like, there's something very alien and cold and sterile about these quote unquote modern polyamorous relationships. Well, yeah, they have yeah. to say that communication is healthy because the rest of them is the most unhealthy thing that you've ever looked at with your own two <laughs> eyes. Like, yeah. why is it that it's yeah. polyamorous, bright dyed hair, hand beasts with men that would never be able to secure a woman in any other context that is willing to debase himself for yeah. the crumb of a little bit of a woman's touch or the crumb of what might lie between her legs in order for him to get something out of it because to him this is as best as it gets and for her she knows that she gets to fulfill the narcissistic pleasure that she really gets out of it knowing that there are all these people around in her orbit um it's more like a binary star system where there's just these two fat pieces of garbage floating in space that people orbit around because for them this is the, the concept they can't enjoy the exclusivity either because of insecurity yeah. um they don't bow down to health so they engage in the most unhealthy sexual practices known to man um outside of like homosexual uh attitudes demonstrably unhealthy for any human being um so yeah like the 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 concept of exclusivity the actual yeah. desire that comes from being with somebody who wants you for you disappears and you get those weird disgusting weasels like the um ftx chick right who lists everybody like a like a chinese imperial harem you get um, ella yeah, you get I yeah, you you, you yeah. get uh you get the best contributor that Reason magazine loves to tout. And that's like you know, you get peak libertarian libertinism yeah. uh, when you when you just throw out all these things here. No, um, but that's what I mean. Like communication is important. Like me and my me and my Jeff, we talk about everything because we started off as friends, you know, and we're we're both, you know, whatever. Um we have the same interests, put it that way. Uh but 
it's like, but what I mean is like, there's things that couples do within the sort of sanctity of their relationship that cannot be shared by definition. They're just like little gestures and little things that you pick up on. It's like that. That seems so violating and so like uncomfortable to be like, you know, this group thing or this open thing. And it's like, then you have to go into the nuances of like, there's this one TikTok that went viral of like this polycule woman, like mapping out who has relationships with whom and their group. And it's like, so dis it's like, Oh my God. Like it's disgusting in a way. And it's like, sometimes, even though if you were to like be like a debate bro and be like, why do you think it's disgusting? If you're, if you were to go the whole like destiny route, and be like, why do you think it's disgusting? It's just normal human beings. <laughs> you know what you should say? You should say, listen, some things are just inherently immoral because they violate the sort of norms of civilization and what humans have been built up towards for thousands upon thousands of years. Sometimes you have to trust your gut impulse. To be like well, that's it was you know, like that guy. What do you mean by got... good impulse? You mean you're not giving me an argument? Uh, this data shows that <laughs> I really do the good destiny voice, man. You know who <laughs> destiny reminds me of? Richard yeah. Hanania. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, two... what did Richard Hanania say about religious kooks that don't matter? Oh my, yeah, they're uh, low yeah, IQ. Yeah. And they, this is because uh, Richard Hanania <laughs> agreed with somebody on Twitter that human life and having children is a good thing. And then yeah. someone just threw that shit in Richard Hanania's face and says, well, do you have a randomized control child that says that having children and bringing them into the world is good? And he's yeah. like, blocks you religious kook, low IQ. And it's just like, <laughs> you got beat at your own game. Like, get that disgusting, yeah. incestuous Levantine face off my timeline. <laughs> we're done here. Did you see that tweet? Like, I made an AI generation... Of every mugshot of, sex of every sex <laughs> offender, and it's Richard Hanania's face. Yeah, I don't want to know what's on Richard Hanania's uh, hard, hard drive. drive check. Um, I no, also like that thread. Okay, we make fun of him, right? But rumors form. Listen, just in case we don't incur a slander case, we're just making fun. We don't really believe this about Richard this, Hanania. This is all parody. This is all yes. for the intents and purposes of entertainment. This is not slanderous. I would not go on a paper of record to say these things. Yes. There's but no proof but of we it. do have. A, um, but he is an annoying piece of shit. Yeah, we do have a substantial critique of his worldview and what he puts out there. I mean, yes, we all make fun it, of it's him. A pure, yes, it's a, it's, you know, it's just it's just we don't mean it. It's just comic relief. But the, what we do hate Richard Hanania for is his ideas and his worldview. And we think you know we make fun of him. You know, whatever. Okay, fine. That's all. Well, fun. My 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 animus for him is the same animus he has for what flyover country people like me so yeah um, yeah exactly. If, he, exactly if he wants to dish it he can take it yeah so that's what i mean just so we don't incur any libel case we're just saying that we're making fun you know we're joking of course i mean i have a pretty brutal face myself but um i think that what rich and nani puts out in terms of like the ideas it's very they just don't jive with the, i think our understanding of what humanity is and I think there's something very cold and alien and sterile to that sort of like hyper-rationalist worldview. That's what I we should critique Anani on. I mean, you know, so please, the lawyers are not on retainer, hopefully. We're just joking. We don't really we don't really think that Richard Anania needs a hard drive check. But anyways, um <laughs> say no more, say no more. Um 
So accordingly, agreements and submissive pledge to observe including plenty. Uh, so, okay. Um, thus, the partners determine in advance that they will not exceed hard limits. So-called safe words guarantee the activities do not go beyond certain boundaries. The overuse of the adjust, uh, adjective delicious throughout the novel. Of course, it just means that the Stephanie Meyer woman is, is a terrible writer. Um, points to the di dictate of positivity, which transforms everything into a formula for enjoyment and consumption. Even torture can be delicious in Fifty Shades of Grey. This world of positivity emits only things that can be consumed. Pain itself is supposed to be enjoyable. Love is not simply being feminized. Rather, in the course... And this is where Byung Johan, I think, is probably better than a lot of the Twitterati here. Love is not being feminized. Rather, the course of positivization of all spheres of life is being domesticated into a consumer formula devoid of risk and daring without excess or madness. All negativity, all negative feeling is avoided. Passion and pain are given way to pleasure, pleasant feelings and inconsequential arousal. In the So again, arousal should come with it, the moral, spiritual gravity of a relationship that you have with a loved one. In the age of the quickie, the casual encounter and sex is stress relief, sexuality is losing all negativity too. But you see, here, here's the thing though. Byung Johan is still a boomer. Right? So sex is stress relief. We're not even that anymore. Onanism is, sorry, uh, blah. Onanism. Onanism is a stress relief. There's still, there's, we're, you know, it's funny. I had this critique of the corn song Adidas back in the day. This is a few years ago. You know this corn song Adidas, Prude? Yeah. All day I dream about sex. It's like, in, in that, it talks, Jonathan Davis writes about how meaningless hookups fill the void of being poor and, you know, growing up in Bakersfield, um, you know, and having absentee parents as a latchkey kid. But I said, nowadays, it's not even that because now it's like, it's, it's individual pleasure. It's now it's so onanism is the relief, not actual sexual encounters. Um, but anyways, the desire of the other is to give way to the comfort of the same. The aim, so this is a common theme in Byung Chohan. Um, the erasure of the other in the 21st century as opposed to the grand other of the 20th century. The aim is to procure the comfort and ultimately dull eminence of wholly identical. Modern love lacks all transcendence and transgression. Today, the yeah, even like the love is love thing, even like love is like a, a sort of political gesture. Love is inherently political because it's a, a currency of sorts. Today, the defense of bare life is intensified into the absolutization and fetishization of health. The modern day slave prefers to it sovereignty and freedom. Where bare life is hollowed, theology gives way to therapy or therapy becomes theological. And this goes with the, um, you know, the therapy industrial complex, of course. So, um, yeah. Um, wow, that's a lot to take in. Well, I, I do think that quite a bit of it, right? The everything is given away as consumption is true. Like I, I remember uh, this was a new atheist talking point a long time ago was is that because humans have the capacity to be into S&M, hell couldn't exist because there was no torture so great. Uh, a man couldn't fetishize it. Um, that but was like, a talking point? Yeah, it was. Um, that's in, a fairly, in, like, that. that's like the, that's like, uh, 
That's like at the um, you know, God hath given them over to a reprobate mind level. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it was game, bad. Yeah. Um, wow. And it, and it was originally played off as humor, but a lot of new atheists ran with it, which is even more sad. But today i think that it's absolutely true i mean everything i mean it's not even just health nowadays in terms of like the bodily health because we consume things that are awful for us but at the same time yeah exactly coney yeah that's absolutely point of slanesh yeah. yeah that's 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 by the that's way that's the real up. joseph coney by the way he survived 2012 he sure did and he's still now he's here. in a group yeah he's in her chat so yeah um and it's funny because like what is what what do we all do we all we all perform these rituals um, and it's funny because like I've been, I'm reading the disappearance of rituals right now, and yeah. um, that'll be out for review next week, uh, next weekend. But it's funny because in this instance, everything is about uh, it's a hedonistic calculation because it's not healthy for us to consume these things writ large. It's not healthy for us to just like you know go on numerous dates and to do all these things to drink and whatnot. The health thing for me, how I look at it, I think it's more about class. I think it's more about oh, yeah, like probably. being perceived by others not like class and economic sense i mean class as in i look high status i look high yes. class i can replicate sex in the city i can find mr big <laughs> any other weekend right like that's sort of the deal that we're here um and uh, yeah eric's got a point this reminds me of what mary harrington's call to rewild sex yeah no i you know it's it's absolutely true because everything nowadays is overly ritualized in the absence of proper ritual of courtship marriage consummation childbearing uh and so instead we engage in consumptive attitudes of well am i following the right tools to pick up women am i like am i am i consuming these hedonistic calculations like the rational male for instance um, like even yeah like, the manosphere even has the this. manosphere has this and they'll tell you straight up that that's what it is that it is a praxology uh in order to be better at getting women oh um, i know what i was gonna rant about uh, speaking of this speaking of this okay here we go Go no, you finish your point because no, I no, go 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 go. Okay, did you read? Listen, okay, and I say this with respect. I say this with respect. But did you see that long post on Twitter by by Carl of a God, by Sargon? The one where he talked about Tate, and Andrew Fuentes. Tate, and this. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the other figure because, frankly, you know, politically, um, uh, I want to stay out of it. But he talked about Andrew Tate, and there's this quote where he says about like how Andrew Tate. Is just using you like I have the exact screen cap. I wanted to rant on Telegram. By the way, go to my telegram, telegram.com slash giant productions. But here he says, um, on the one hand, Tate is assessing the debauchery of the modern era. This is Sargon, and leave leveraging it so that he can be possible become as satisfied with materialism as it is possible to be. The watchworm of our era is promiscuity, and so he has used the materials at hand to his own advantage. He hasn't innovated, he just exploited that which already exists. Feminism lifted the burden of restraint off women and men, so he is just filled in the vacuum left behind. He represents the bellicose aspects of the lunar civilization, and of course he's butchering um, Evola. Lunar civilization, so he has no reason to challenge or reject it because he has served him so handsomely. He reinforces the system with his lifestyle and success. So let me tell you, let me ask you this, okay? Now there's, that's Sargon's opinion. Now, Morgoth- are, you, are, are, we, are we asking the chat's opinion or are you asking Yeah, let me, me? ask the chat's opinion, no. Morgoth had a great tweet about, like, why is this parasite, like, in terms of Andrew Tate, not Andrew Tate, of course, him and Sargon are friends. He said, why is Andrew Tate, like, why is this guy so popular? And you're right. Why? I wonder. When you see that video where Andrew Tate, okay, I understand, like, you people, not you people, I mean, I understand the critiques of women and all that, um, and, you know, but, like, let's face it, okay, 
that video of Andrew Tate saying how he exploits vulnerable and lonely men for economic gain. Now, this is Sargon's thesis, okay? That he has no reason to critique the system. Well, actually, he talks about, you know, the matrix or whatever. But really, at the end of the day, Andrew Tate's a product of the system. So why is Andrew Tate not treated with the same uh, critique as our enemies? Because our enemies benefit from the system on the left. But why is Tate getting an exception? Think about, think about that for a moment. Think of that, right? Sargon says, Andrew Tate has no reason to critique the system. He has benefited handsomely from it. He's just merely a trickster. You know, he's just, he, he's embracing this like chthonic lunar civilization. He's using it to his advantage, right? Uh, but then why is he like said, oh, he's based because he calls out, you know, the woman or whatever. He calls out the foids. So he's based. Like, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of people like, you know, like Morgoth who have the sense to like see that, yo, maybe this is bad. You know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but when I saw that video where Andrew Tate explains how he like exploits his lonely men, why, why are we saying that he's like this red pill? Oh, oh, because, because he red pills young, you know, the masses, right? Like, is that really worth it? Like, like go, go watch that video. It's floating around on Twitter where he explains how he does it. And he uses these cam girls to like exploit men. That, Eric has the right yeah. question that you want to ask. A better okay. question. Why is the right bereft of figures that young men draw near to a facsimile of a man? Exactly. That's a, that's a great yeah. question. And because no, there, what's... We, yeah, there is, but just, they don't, they're not living. That's the problem. There's like, you know, there's, 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 you know, other, hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I've said pretty, listen, I say this with respect. I don't, it's, I still like Sargon. I'm just saying that that's a flawed assumption to say that while he, you know, is part of the modern condition, you can't blame him. I mean, then why are you elevating him as a figure of the political right? I mean, we should be better. No, I don't, I don't know. I really, I really don't know many who on the political right that think he's a role model. I really do think yeah, it was a true, mistake. True. I think it was a mistake. And I, I stood by this from what I said last week. Um, uh, not on this podcast, but on these people are sick with our friend Slav and COH. Um, that I said, I just, I find it disappointing. Like, I get it. You're doing it for the views. You're doing it for the clicks. The guy has got a lot of news behind him. But is he the best example that you want to give young men? Because when I see him talking about exploitation or how easy it is to game the system, I see people looking at it and I hear a tone and I see a tone that has this Revenkist subtext to it. Yes. Um, and it's just like, well, burning the world down, like if you're going to burn the world down, better burn something that hasn't burned yet. Because if not, all that you're doing is trying to light a fire in ashes. Um, and he also just recently, uh, you know, converted to Islam, which good luck, I guess, right mm. now, like that's taking it seriously. Um, but Andrew yeah, we, Tate, we need base third world, third worldism. To yeah, like I know. Those... Right. Like we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're going back to that <laughs> Islam is based bit. You know, yeah. like we haven't, we've all things right, good and useful of being like, uh, I know you people don't, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but like when you look at like, how, like, like the whole woman question thing and like, like put it this way, like there's a form of vulgar, like woman hatred that I feel is like not um, conducive to uh, people of a European origin, put it that way. So yeah, that's, but anyways, go ahead, prove what you're going to say. Uh, what I was going to say also was is just that um, 
you know, it's easy to be uh, a grifter. It's easy to, you know, elevate yourself as the self-made man who can do X, Y, and Z and whatever. But like, um, no, <laughs> fishy frenzy. Um, no, I just say women never come. <laughs> some do. Some do. Well, I, yeah. I don't think I can hate them as much as some of my peers. But I think that it also has a lot. And I think that Sargon's post was just like, yeah, he's a part of this modern condition. But I think that when your whole point is to elevate the worst aspects of the modern condition is what makes you such a terrible, shitty human being. Yeah. Um, here's how I can make the condition worse. And so I can say, screw you. I got mine. And if you engage in this line of behavior, you too can get yours. Like it's a multi-level marketing tool for like debauchery. And <laughs> yeah. There's always yeah. been... No, I mean, Nudge Union's got the best take here. There's always been Andrew Tate's. He's just the modern version of buy my book and become rich, multi-level marketing. I just said multi-level. <laughs> Every young guy wants to know that they can beat the system, how they can beat the system. Um, and yeah, you're not going to be able to go, the average like neat or sensitive young man or whatever term that you want to use is not going to like get up and go to Romania and start like a, a, a allegedly like a cam girl business, right? Like it's just not going to happen. Um, no, but you know, the reason I bring this up is because like, even if you're adverse to like the woman respecting part, okay, I understand, right? There's a lot of problems with the modern woman, but like what Andrew Tate was allegedly doing, well, that's an entirely different matter. The point being is that you notice that in this cycle that he's perpetuated, he has destroyed the lives of men too, by doing this. Like that's his target demographic of pay pigs. And also the men that he, you know, in his video, he said it himself. So, but let's say for legal purposes, allegedly getting, you know, cam girls to like basically rinse these men and take them to the cleaners and like, get, you know, get them to buy plane tickets, but then they don't show up at the airport. And then, you know, she, he's like, oh, I know how women think. So therefore I, I get them to do the cycle of where constantly edging while milking them of their, of their money, of their meat bucks. It's like, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, thankfully, the anime racist, if, any, if anybody, has saw through this and said, you know, it's actually the sensitive young men that are being targeted by these uh, shameless grifters. And that, you know, I mean, that's, I, I just, and it's funny because I, I believe Morgoth actually quote tweeted that, that, um, that, that article and tweet form by Sargon and said, like, why is this guy so popular? You know, you know how funny the reason I mentioned Morgoth is Morgoth also had another take that was incredibly sensible. He said, These people they went to see Barbie expecting to see like Rambo. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, you people, you know, oh my god, this Hollywood film made by Greta Gerwig isn't based. What do you it's like everyone knew this? Yeah, yeah, no, but it was funny. Like, see, you gotta have an old bloke like Morgoth to have some sense in this world, you know what I mean. Like it's every, everyone needs a, a Gen Xer to slap you in the back of the head and tell you, come the fuck <laughs> on now. I think of Morgoth that I think that that you know the pub guy, the the Yeah, the, he is the, the pub guy. guy. He is the <laughs> pub guy. That's yeah. just the case. That's just the <laughs> God's honest truth. I don't know why I think this, but based on voice alone, I have this picture of Morgoth. He has a goatee, but he has salt and pepper hair. Do you, do you think he's got salt and pepper hair? Uh, I, I don't know you, why I think this. I bet probably you he does. probably does, but who knows? He 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 looks like a fisherman on, on the docks. I, I mean, of, uh, I, I genuinely you know. think that that profile picture he's got of him fishing is probably more accurate than we'll ever know. But I think like he's a bit chubby, but like strong fat, you know? 
Probably, not that, but yeah. like he's probably got that. You know, he's got a very again. Halo again I've never seen him, so well, and I don't think really anyone has. So Lord, only I don't know why him. his voice just intuits salt pepper hair to me. I know it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah. The we I, I've done my anti Andrew Tate rant. I'm just saying, like we need better, like like that that highlight by who was who it that said we the real question should be why is there no living role models that was in the uh, country, right? i think that was eric yeah which i mean it's a great question right like that is the point and like to me this is why you want to go with um what's the word i'm looking for uh he is probably like we have those guys but again i don't think they have they're they're not grifters right like that's yeah. the thing this is that they're not one a positive who, role model that needs to be in that position won't be in that position because they're not as shameless enough to be that level of grip. Yeah, it's not like like to me like I think Radlib is a good example for yeah William real right. That's another that's another bad trend that happened for like two weeks. Um, did, did all those accounts get nuked? I don't know, but I hope they did. Oh, I wish I had my fan. No, I shouldn't. No, because then someone no, will like. Don't. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> no, you don't. Fishy Friends is making an all of like giant at giant Geo. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Uh, want that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's probably good. Prudential, the Prudentialist. No, yeah, of I... course they got nuked. Fishy Friends. Of, of course, course they, they got, got nuked. nuked. And I want that. Yeah, if that would ever, I've already said publicly that I would disavow, and I'm going to say it again here. Um, the right. Tate Peterson connection must be explored further. Yeah, it's through their, their his daughter, but we won't get into that here. Well, Peterson, he's going insane right now. So, yeah, um, it, they had to take Peterson out and put put Andrew Tate in because then, yeah, yeah it's not working out. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, uh, let's, move on. let's move on. Okay, before we totally destroy ourselves. So, yes, this is Byung Chohan's point in uh the Agony Bureaus. So Senator Hawley is powerful compared to the average citizen, but powerless when compared against the permanent bureaucracy. His role is symbolic and ceremonial as a vestige performer of the dead republic, the frayed illusion of democracy, which protests the federal bureaucracy from external discontents and popular rebellion. So that's a that's a key point because in this world, there there no longer is sort of a grand revolutionary sentiment because people are concerned with all these little games and the sort of real genuine sentiments that burn within one's soul, those have been destroyed. Notice how when love gets destroyed, a sort of like grand politics of history coming back, that possibility also gets destroyed with it. So, you know, Senator Hawley can talk about like, how men are selfish or whatever. And men just don't want to like live out a boomer fantasy that was probably not real or was only real to them. Uh, notice how like what actually must be done by sensitive young men, that possibility stripped from them. Right. And so as much as I kind of disagree, I do think that the whole, the whole thing about like, you know, having a family is like this right wing equivalent of like wholesome chungusness of like, you know, you got to have a family, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you got to have like the Rizoma school, go out in the land sort of deal. Like there's people that can do that. And there's friends of ours, like, you know, like William Mule, right? Like Michael Thomas of Sharon. But in terms of a grand political strategy, 
that also will trap you in certain elements of of the sort of of the system that can prevent you from actually looking at what's you know actually you know determining uh what's going to happen in the coming years and and so everything has a danger to it in terms of a political strategy in terms of like consenting to certain elements of the system over others and so it's like you know it's a very sticky question because ideally we all want to have a family one day we all want to have a wife that loves us but or if you're a woman you know there is women in the chat if you want a husband that loves you um but I think that these questions are very complicated when it comes to the conditions. And billionaire psycho is he's writing about this. Uh, so if you want to add to that, we can move on. Prude, or if you want to add to that, no, we can keep reading. Okay, yeah. Um, but notice how he's like he's he's juxtaposing this sort of reality between men and women and in the greater political system. That's a very important point. So and here is where he also critiques Andrew. Uh, I believe Andrew Tate, or well, rather the attitude of people like Andrew Tate. Um, my analysis interrogates the symbolism, the dynamics of misdirection, the implications of enduring cultural deceit. Politicians are supposed to be cynical, dishonest opportunists. I respect the hustle and hate the game, not the player. There's a lot to admire about Josh Hawley. He's tall, handsome, clever, accomplished, disciplined, hardworking, wealthy, well-connected. On a personal level, he's secured a comfortable sinecure during an era of widespread, widespread poverty and despair. Any man would be proud of to, to father such beautiful kids and to successfully insulate his family from the inevitable tragedies of a crumbling Europe empire. But what fascinates me about this man and the slick breed of lawyers that he represents, a, a coterie of arrogant, unimaginative losers who have dominated the Republican Party since the day of Reagan, is their remarkable stubbornness. On some level, I admire their blind, delusional commitment to ignoring reality. No matter how many icebergs the sinking ship collides against, the GOP-controlled uh, opposition continue along the same course, rushing full speed ahead. The conventional wisdom of the Republican Party is 28, year old, 28 years behind the times and show no signs of adjusting to three decades of consistent, predictable failure. In 1994, the neoconservative military strategist Edward Lutwak wrote an article entitled, Will Success Spoil America? His analysis was published. Spoiler in alert. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Prude. I said spoiler alert. It did. Yeah, exactly. His analysis was published in the Washington Compost, the biggest newspaper read by the American political class. Even then, these current tragedies seem obvious. And Edward Lutwak, um, I do the bad voice. Edward Lutwak uh, punctured the entrenched dogmas of the Republican political class observing. So maybe you should read this, Prude. You're, you're more acquainted sure. with this. Republicans of the family values persuasion should have been the first to recognize that more disruptive change has been inflicted on working lives and entire industries. As it is, only a few paleoconservatives of Pat Buchanan's persuasion have recognized the far from mysterious economy-society connection. Hence, in the standard two-part Republican political speech, part one still celebrates the virtues of dynamic economic growth propelled by technological progress, deregulation, and free trade, while part two mourns the decline of family and community values eroded precisely by the constant dislocations caused by our turbocharged economy. Will success spoil America? The Washington Post. There you go. He's a, yeah, he's not a fringe intellectual at all. Um, one of the more famous neocons of the 1990s who's read a he's done a shitload of books that are really worth reading. Um, at least his like strategies of the Roman and Byzantine empires are really good history books. Yeah. Even though I disagree with his Russia takes, but that's, you know, we'll have it's die hard. 
but yeah i mean like this is the this is something that every i mean this goes back to like sargon like 2015 saying fuck the gdp like, yeah th this is the attitude that needs to be adopted by most people and this this goes back to the kaczynski thing where like conservatives will rant about values and then embrace the technological advances that so rapidly disrupt the social fabric of society um uh and so like that's a that's a huge issue yeah, um, yeah that exactly. no one like the people are only just beginning to address and the people that unfortunately are addressing it the most are sort of just like sort of sweeping in marxist uh, apologetics and like the the worst kind of leftist takes that you can get when trying to address it which i think only exacerbates the problem because those guys are just as much hyper capitalists as the gop donor class yeah exactly um Conservatives spend decades cheering on mega corporations who put independent business through their good friend Benjamin Braddock, uh, under and transform countless towns into the same set of national chain outposts and small and strip malls while the walkable main streets become ghost towns. Now they're starting to see just some of the culture destruction. Um, problems caused by economic growth cannot be solved by mere economic growth. Everything has a price, including transition. Globalization, short-term propriety brings long-term social decay. The idea of community of the future careers of young American men have been sacrificed for cheap labor. Mass immigration has flooded the domestic labor market with unskilled warm bodies. The deliberate policy has ushered in the anxiety and volatility of the Greek economy, a cast of precarious serfs trapped on an unrelenting treadmill of debt, rent, and consumption, successful hyper-competition, Stressful hypercompetition, poverty and instability to avoid downward mobility. Teenage Americans flung themselves into a parallel debt-fueled arms race, seeking college credentials, chasing after a dwindling supply of white-collar jobs. Now, I know that um, there are people that say that the take of, like, the reason they bring immigration is to, for cheap labor. Um, I know BAP has said this, that it's really more about, like, the, the demographic instability because corporations could care less about cheap labor in a sense. I mean, they already have cheap labor, but it's more of like these other reasons why immigration is so like harped on by the regime. Like, what do you make of that, Prude? It's probably both. It's probably both. I mean, yeah, the, the current, it, it's a lot like, I'm going to use a terrible example of this, but like when your entire revenue model for making money is been oriented around one way, uh, yeah. Of course, you're you're gonna focus on the thing that everyone sort of hampers on about, which is immigration. It, yeah. It's like it, it goes back to that talk um, from the director of development from Bungie. This is a terrible comparison, but like Whoa. you know, he was talking about how like Bungie used to do boxed products, um, and uh, now they do live service games, and now their entire revenue model means that everything that they do from here on out is a live service product. They can't go back to the old way of doing things. And so for a lot of corporations in America, I think the benefit from immigration, Silicon Valley, agricultural sectors, they have been so dependent upon cheap labor and immigration that immigration becomes the only talking point about what it is. Um, yeah. and so that if you can keep a, a workforce diversified, then you're going to make it harder for labor to organize or to collectively bargain against shitty, um, you know, treatment of workers. Like, I, I'm not like, you know, Mr. Moneybags over here saying like, you know, you should tip your landlord and that you should, you know, tip your boss for allowing you to, yeah. have, like, to have a job. But I do, I'm seriously concerned by the fact that Amazon knows with its whole food stores to keep their staff ethnically diverse to lower the likelihood of unionization or collective uh, employee action. 
And so like, yeah, there's a lot there that's going to focus on immigration because if you keep people constantly looking over their shoulder, whether or not like you're going to get like sent off to the, the curb because the black guy is going to get hired over you, um, then hyper competition is stressful, um, poverty, instability. And then you just see downward mobility where the worst aspects of downward mobility, um, drugs, alcohol, pornography, tattoos, etc. Um, now they're in this like arms race with others. And again, it goes back to like this really awkward ethnic aspect that here we are. Uh, not yeah. one mention of an anime girl so far. It's coming. we're getting there. We're getting it's there. Coming. We might have to do two streams on this, but yeah, probably. We're already two yeah. hours in. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, keep reading. I will be right back. I gotta use the restroom. All right. Yeah, no problem. It's oh, by the way, speaking of tipping, you can tip your content creators. I've only seen three super chats so far. I mean, Prude Prude did pretty good last week. So. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Um. To avoid downward mobility, teenage Americans flung themselves into a parallel death field arms race, seeking college credentials, chasing after a dwindling supply of white-collar jobs. Consequences accumulated. If we examine his basic argument, Senator Hawley contends that American men lack virtue. He shames the men among his audience and demands a renewal of classical masculine chivalry, generosity, honor, and courage. Yeah, but of course, I mean, college... As much as I don't agree, I, I think Scott Greer is correct that you can't seed all of the university institutions. I do think that when it comes down to it, it has disrupted the sort of like way of life you could have achieved because of this boomer expectation of our parents that everyone has to go to university. I mean, I am also, I mean, not a, I wouldn't say victim, but, you know, I, I, I went through the university system and I, I was left sort of cold shouldered after my master's, but who knows, you know. But what he fiercely, stubbornly neglects is an examination of the origins and incentives of patriarchal virtue. Why men even bothered to respect, cherish women. Once again, he was willfully ignores the historical record, neglects thousands of years of Western tradition, and documents legal precedences. In a world of nominal equality where men and women are supposedly identical peers, and therefore financially competitors, financial competitors scrambling for the same narrow spectrum of profitable careers, why do men owe anything to anyone? Exactly. Now, that is sort of like the uh, problem that I have as well, even though I, you know, even though I'm a whole like a uh, women respecter, I do think that the modern man is met with conditions that are not respectable and that shouldn't be tolerated. And that really, when you think about it, um, yeah, when you live in this condition, uh, is there any reason why men should even be invested in this civilization? Now, I think it's a great tragedy that there should be a way that you shouldn't just resign yourself to manosphere blackpillism. That there actually should be an out. There should be a way to sort of restore order and to create the conditions by which you can respect the civilization that we live in. But I think that's a very long, multi-generational process. There is no quick fix. Even this whole fantasy about collapse cannot do this. There sh the, the way that young men can be invested within the civilization is a very long and arduous road. And nobody has the quick correction. There is no such thing as quick correction. Yeah, and anyone selling you a, a quick fix yeah. is clearly grifting. Um Oh, I love this um, from our, our good friend, Mike, here. Wow, I, I, as soon as I shame the you, chat into giving me some chats, yeah, they really delivered it. Eh? males in chat, they pay when you ask like pigs. Look at that. <laughs> Look at sorry, that, Gio. I love hounding, all of my... You're hounding your pay piggies. I know, I shouldn't do that. You evil man. 
the universe. Yeah, a, a, a Corios, the Wolf Pack. I mean, the Manor Bund. Those are the things that definitely talk yeah. about. Um, NWO Wolf Pack. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Those things definitely come to my mind. Like this is going to require people to build things, and it's long term. And yeah. whether it's like the Catholic Land Movement or what Exit is doing, or hopefully one day what the Old Glory Club is developing itself to work. All these things are meant to provide building things and mutual aid to one another so that there is some semblance of a tradition or a canon or a culture that survives. Because like this is what I wrote about yesterday, was just the sole simple fact of the matter that what constitutes quote-unquote Americanization nowadays is that the new population whose family wasn't here maybe two generations ago has to quickly get caught up on the new progressive historicism. And what that is, is movies about Flaming Hot Cheetos, Barbie, and Air Jordans. And that's where we are. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's definitely a, an issue that where we're at. Yeah, look at that. Um, look at you, you shameful, Whoa. shameful people. I successfully, even Fishy Frenzy. Oh my God. Um, I've, I was looking at my phone for a brief second and, uh, I, you know, there should be, there, there should be, uh, like, like, you know, we were talking about those, uh, you know, fake accounts, the, the fan accounts that all got banned for the certain meme lingo, right? Yeah. There should be a fan account of Paul Fahrenheit, but he's Canadian called, uh, Paul Celsius. That would be a good one. That would be a good. I, I know that's so corny and stupid. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I inflicted that upon my audience who just gave out generously when I, you know, I shamed them. But anyways, um, forty percent women will be single and childless by 2030. Um, men and women rivals for shrieking pool of white. So yeah, let's let's get that. Let's get that. <laughs> that's so. I, I let's see. I hope let's get that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That yeah, with Randy uh, Savage. Yeah. yeah. I don't no, know if that's I, trademark. Can you show images of media? Other... Oh, yeah. which one? You're you're not playing a video, so you're fine. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, this is Men the and... thing that Red Hawk gets big about over here is the uh, number of people that number of women who will be single and childless uh by twenty forty five. Yeah. It's actually gonna be it's supposed to be fifty percent is the last no! one I, I read. So it's gonna get real No, but real what bad. demographic of women though? But well, I, presumably white, but I would imagine it's everyone. You know who's um, a big contender? This is what Indian Bronson said. The biggest contender is um, Brahmin cast Indian women to also be childless girl bosses. I'm not surprised. I mean, a yeah. lot of Indian women, when they come here, they kind of like, they you, either, you either stay inside the ethno tradition or yeah. you get turned into a liberal real quick. And you have a dorky white boyfriend. And who's also a shit lib. Yeah, you like lib out. Yeah, because like that, because... I yeah, because like they view it Instead as like lessing out in college. It's living out, shutting <laughs> out. Yeah, the best is when the best clip was. Uh, remember when like people all of a sudden discovered the Good Doctor? the The best was when um, I forget what meme account posted it, but it was when he was ranting to his GF that he then married, then they have a kid together. Because my mother watches this stupid show, um, and he's like you're a terrible person and he's like in the clip just said chud it up. he's chutting out and it's like it's <laughs> like you're a terrible selfish person <laughs> oh this me and my old man started calling it the spurt doctor <laughs> so my mother be watching it and we call it the spurt 
<laughs> she got all angry because like it's, like it's all medical dramas are all libbed out by the way they're all totally libbed out so anyways um nobody expects the theoretical equality between men and women to ser- seriously consider their status as vicious rivals during recessions despite the lip service paid to these absurd fantasies feminists would be shocked if men ever compared competed uh competed against them with real intensity no deference, no ethics, no sympathy, no mercy. And we see this abstract theory expressed in rare glimpses of brutality when trans athletes demolish female competition. Life, Life imitates, imitates art. art. This is a crazy, this is a crazy photo right here. Look at that. Look how high he is compared to the rest of them. Look at how far he's jumping compared to them. That's incredible. Well, well yeah, she, like, the, the, this is perfect. And she knows. Yeah. She knows. Like this, this, this caused a huge issue. She I got think one of them, yeah, one of them quit. Yeah, you know, and they they said we're done. And I don't blame them. Like I get the whole women's sports thing, and that it's easy to just dunk on, yeah. you know, women in general. I get it. That's how the Twitter ecosystem works. But like, that's absolutely fucked. And yeah. there are no other words to describe no, it. No, but I said at the beginning of the stream, like this revenge fantasy isn't productive, even though like. Like the whole like manosphere, you, like you want it though. Like it's a natural, it's a natural desire to want yeah. the Revan kissing. Like I get it, I want I get it, it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But at the same times, but at the same time, the revenge fantasy, it, it, it's like all other stories when it comes to revenge fantasies. Was the revenge at the end of the day worth it? Yeah, yeah. Was it that meaningful? Because you've really just further harmed her. Now here's the thing: I don't think you should like mass forgive women for you know. No, no. But I'm saying that like when it comes down to it. Um, that's also an equally like it's out of desperation and hurt rather than finding lasting solutions as to how to rearrange society to be more conducive to the flourishing of both men and women. Right. And I think like the trad approach, like the vulgar trad, like Josh Hawley approach is also equally absurd and ridiculous. Yeah. As as the man, as the, yeah, as the MGTOW like gloating over women getting owned by trans athletes. Like it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. But um, in, in one way, yeah, Essington's got a point. Like there is sort of a political hoisted by our own petard yeah, thing. Yeah, that's that true. definitely exists. And yeah, I think what they've sowed, of course. They reap yeah, and, but yeah. It, and it sucks to see that because it's just like if I'm 20 and this just happened, it's like, come on, what the hell? Um, yeah. But yeah, they, th- it's usually the leopards eating my face party is surprised when leopard eats my face type deal. Yeah. But um, I, I can't stand here idly and tolerate transgenderism. Um, like, the, like, yeah, they probably did do this to themselves, but there should be someone and there should be authority. Like, this is about the restoring order bit, right? It's just, it's just yeah. like, nope, none of this shit anymore. I don't care if you think this is good and that you're being a good ally, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Get the guy with some dangly bits out of the women's sports section. And while we're at it, maybe cut the women's sports section afterwards. You know? No, but that's what I mean. Like, this is the problem with vulgar conservative, like, punditry talking points of, like, it's the same with, like, those let's get the based Muslims to kick out the, uh, you know, teaching of, uh, LGBT plus blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, what, it's, it's like the same the story, energy. It's the story. Let's get base like, Caitlyn Jenner, base Caitlyn Jenner to own the turfs, to own the feminists. Wow. That's a great, poli- <laughs> that's a great political praxis right there. 
Well, no, it, it it's, like, it, it's yeah. like the it's like the story of like, oh, we got to get the snakes out of the island or whatever. So we'll bring in the yeah. mongoose. Well, what do we got to do to get rid of the mong? Oh, we'll bring in the owls. The mouse, the king, rid- and the cheese. Yeah, yeah the exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is what the problem is, is the mouse, the king, oh. and the cheese for this god awful situation. Uh, I love that oh, book. When well, it was we'll a bring. King, we we got the gay stuff. Well, we got to bring in the Muslims. Well, how do we get rid of the Muslims? Well, we'll just we have our base gays. You have Blair White. We got Blair White. You know, we'll have Blair White with the AR-15 take care of the Muslims that don't like the. Gay. Like, see, this is how stupid it sounds. Yeah, to take care of the AGPs, we have base base Blair White. Yeah, that's like yeah. We need our based HR HSTS uh, conservative voting wholesome <laughs> family values. H- <laughs> no, so like this is so stupid. Don't you understand that this is just discourse brain? That this is a lack of first principles on the political right in North America. Don't you understand? Like this is where it comes from. It's a stupid punditry because you have to get clicks. Okay. You know another thing too, and I'm only I, I'm not just saying this because our friend works there. Okay. Do you know the Blaze recently called out Fox News? For for suspicious funding to suspicious causes, did you see that article? Yeah, impl- uh, employee um, fundraisers that were matched by the company to things like the Trevor Project and other and the same temple groups. in D.C. Yeah, and the Satanic Temple. Yeah, oh, that's Base Fox News right there. Base Fox News with their base transpundit to own the AGPs, right? Like, yeah, very good. Very- and you know what's funny is that I said this in the group chat. I said, this is a huge leap of credibility to the Blaze if they're willing to call the Fox News um, conservative punditry media machine, right? Like, that's incredible. I mean, if it's true, allegedly, if it's true, right? It's, it is a whistleblower. Sometimes they're less than credible. But if it is true, then, like, there you go. Like, see, this is the problem when you try to negate the responsibility of your political beliefs by subletting out to a quote unquote based safe demographic or, or to do it this like political workaround, you know, you know how Republicans do it. They do it with foreign policy. You know, why do you think neocons like, why do you think they want to destroy Russia? Cause it's like, Oh, see we're, we're based. Uh, you know, our, our American empire is going to last forever. Cause we're based America. Fuck you. Yeah. Like it's no, it's like, this is like literal, like, ship for brains thinking around very complex issues right so the the, so the american and and canadian conservative they can't really influence or exercise their real true political will at home so they just take it to the you know they take it out outside to foreign policy right i mean kashawagi had that great thread on it right it's the same thing it's like i can't criticize lgbt plus curriculum in schools. So I'm going to get the base Muslims to do it or the base stage, you know, the base HRTs, uh, sorry, HST, base HRT. <laughs> <laughs> HRT. Um, no, like I'm going to get the base. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, but even people that are pretty just good. Just let it, it, just let it. Yeah. We, we just say freaks. That's okay. Well, no, but I was going to like, I was going to criticize Chris Rufo about, you know, that Twitter space, like he sort of misses the point. In some my, my only, my only gripe was his claim that America is a universalist project. Because yeah. Colorblind. Never yeah. been the case. Yeah, it's true. That has never been the case. Yeah. Um, no, but even like, I but, hate to say it, but even like, uh, speaking of Kashiwagi, he had this great observation 
about even us like trad casts, you know, not us cradles, but like, and listen, I'm not, con- I'm not criticizing people that honestly convert. Right. I mean, Prude, you're a convert, you know? Yeah. Um, but he's saying like they, what, what the problem with in America is that they, they basically have like the desired object of like wasp stability, social stability, but they have to sort of like, um, like do, sorry, excuse me. These weird like workarounds where they'll like, there was a great thread about it, but the point being is that there's like, a lot of political cargo culting to sort of deny the real problems of things. And I hate to say it, but a lot of people do use like trad religion worship. Like, you know, they, they do use it as a mask of saying that, well, actually we can have this like coalition of disparate parts if we unite under this other banner, but it's it's sort of ignoring like the real, it's like, it's sort of like the, the, the Vermeule level integralists, people like Sorbamari that want like Guadalupe integralism. It's masking the real problems with that. And I say this as a Catholic, I say this as like descendants of Ellis Islanders that, you know, North America, either it's Anglophone Canada or it's, you know, Protestant America, right? There is a political order and a founding stock of people that are antithetical to that Guadalupe nationalism, whatever. You know, and it's just, you're going to have to deal with it. Now, I do think that, you know, in America, if a lot of these political problems were to be addressed, I do think that hopefully, you know, there's no getting around that, you know, Ellis Islanders and the Wasp has to work together. I mean, that's a fact, right? Like, hopefully you agree, Prude. I mean, you're a descendant of Wasps. Uh, do you want to kick us out? You want to no. kick me out, Prude? No. Oh, come uh, on, I mean, bro. There are, a lot of people that need, <laughs> there are a lot of people that need to go, but Geo can stay as a treat. But like... No, but I uh, mean, like, you know what I mean? The, the Ellis Islanders and, and the, the Wasps, they're going to have to work together. I hate to say it. I mean, that's... You know, but but the thing is, I, I, I don't deny the... Con- whoever I, I, whoever yeah. can overcome the ordeal of civility first would be the principal question. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, that that would be the the case here, and I don't even want to kick Geo out of Canada. But like, if Geo ever does get kicked out of Canada, there's a spot in Texas for him. Thank you, um, thank you, Prude. No, but I'm just trying to nuance this. I'm saying that, unlike a lot of other trad casts, I recognize that America has a founding demographic and religion that well, I wouldn't want don't, to disrupt. Don't. I'm trying to avoid chimping out at this because yeah. I saw that. 1492 project thing from the american post liberal oh god and it had my blood boiling um it's a momentary flash in the pan like you've just been exposed to heat and you're like oh it's hot fuck no Um, but that's what i mean as a med i respect the the anglo i respect the wasp i respect the germanic i respect the slab well i especially respect the slab but you know what i mean like i think that uh america was built upon America was a great civilization that was built upon the Anglo-Germanic. And I have a great reverence and respect for that. And I realized that being born in Canada, I am a product of Anglophone Canada. And I respect that. You know, my father's family has been here for almost 200, not 200, but almost, you know, 100 years. Um, And I think that this whole thing about like, you know, Catholics feel this intense, like, you know, thing about, Oh, we're, we don't have a place in America. I mean, by virtue of the political climate, we do have a place in America. But I'm saying that you should still have a respect and a reverence for who founded a nation that you live in. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to nuance it. Now, I do think that, you know, I mean, the whole anti 
Ellis Islander thing is kind of, you know, it does great with me, but I think that, yeah, you should have a respect for what has been built before you, you know, I mean, yeah, I have respect for the, I have immense respect for Anglophone and Francophone Canadians. I mean, some of the Francophone Canadians could be, you know, they could be a bit much actually, but you know, I mean, yeah, that's all I'm saying here. Um, I have very I light skin it, Fraser, and I I very light skin <laughs> for an Italian. Yeah. But go ahead. Prue. We've been on say? camera. Geo passes that test. Yeah, man. He would uh, definitely face systemic racism in this country, in America. So <laughs> he's, he's that light skinned. Let's just not kid ourselves. The more, the more, the more Geo says he respects the Anglo, the less I believe. No, I actually do. I have a very, I have a great respect for the Anglos. Yes. They, you know, I, I, I there are certain elements. Look, that... his best co-host is an Anglo. He better, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a lot of Irish in you, don't you, Prue? Uh, well, more like Scots Irish Presbyterian, Scott... so more Scots. Oh God, that's totally Anglo. <laughs> that might as well be Anglo. I I fit well inside Benjamin Franklin's circle. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, have some, are, you, you my, have, I have some Irish on my I have some Irish on my on my father's side. They came in the 1840s during the famine, but my mother's side, uh, yeah. we can trace our our lineage back to to England. Yeah. Very easy. I mean, I so my mother's and side. You have very Anglo features. Yes, I've been told uh, I am. Uh, I'm. I look like someone that would lead people over the uh, the, the hill in Verdun, <laughs> the trenches, at, at the, the trench song. in Verdun, yeah, in the song. So I'm. I'm okay with that look. That's perfectly fine with me. I don't. I, World War One aesthetics are pretty nice. There you go. But yeah, but that's my point. I think like the, people make too much about this Ellis Islander thing. Um, some <laughs> some of my best friends are Anglo's Geo Providius Albionless Oh man. Um well Oh you know, god, but... we set the mutts off again. Oh fuck off. Oh no. No, but you know what I mean. I think like these issues, people quabble over this stuff too much. I mean, like that's the thing like that say... kills, that's the thing that makes me laugh is, is that Europeans can mock it all they want, but Americans sure love the aspect of heritage and identity because there's a teleological understanding in every white European descendant American that there is an intrinsic greatness to the antiquity of their legacy. Um, yeah. that's why heritage is one of the coolest things they love fucking talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I think like, I think, you know, the Ellis Islanders and, and us, you know, and the Wasp, you know, I think the Heritage American, the Heritage Canadians, I think, you know, we should come together in some ways, not totally, but like, I mean, it's inevitable in America. I mean, look at like Italians and Irish people going together. Yeah. Yeah. Although at, Irish and Italians don't get along in New Jersey, like the last like four or five congressional and like gubernatorial races has been fights between Italians and uh, Irishmen on Democratic and Republican lines. Yeah. <laughs> like New Jersey's just the microcosm of like two yeah. different like uh, nominally Catholic ethnic groups going against one another, the Med yeah. and the Nord. Yeah, I know, but it's it's funny though because like. But we have a love hate relationship with each other, the the Italians and the Irish. I'm sure but, they um, do. Yeah, sometimes more love, sometimes more hate. But anyways, um, let's not relitigate all of those uh, mafia movies we saw. Um, oh boy, this is uh, we're gonna have to do two stream. Maybe next week we're gonna have to pick it up. Um, so the written, yeah, the written house thing was a sort of a huge litmus test that a lot of certain people failed. But anyways, um. 
This American empire sends brave warriors all around the world to bleed and die atop nameless dunes of sand. Well, maybe maybe the steppes of uh, Eastern Europe too. Hopefully not, but well. Our nations prefer convenient pawns. When our warriors express discontent uh, or develop ambitions, they're shunned, shunned aside. Real courage, real honor, real integrity leads to some uncomfortable questions. Elected politicians are symbolic performers who prop up a tattered, threadbare illusion. And the civic myth of this splendid republic is less pervasive than before. Um, they want slaves sculpted into compliant, convenient uh, simulations of masculinity. Let's move, 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 move. Um, <laughs> Roasties versus romance. <laughs> what a thing, eh? What a thing. What so, a thing. But yeah, the point of Billionaire Psycho is that you castigate someone like Kyle Rettenhouse, who's defending their, you know, defending, well, it wasn't his home, but he has a long record of his family being there and so forth. He has every right to be there, right? But yet we have this symbolic bromide about America. Like, it's really like gladio nationalism of like, well, America's good when it's fighting the enemies of the regime, but when Americans defend themselves on the homeland, well, that's bad. Um, yeah, America, it's the thing that um, uh, Thomas 777 likes to say, like, America's like the American government's really good at one thing, and that's fighting the Cold War. And if that means it has to wage a Cold War against its domestic enemies, it'll do it. And that's kind of what we've yeah. been witnessing for quite some time in, in the U.S., yeah, exactly. Um, but do you want to read this section, Prude? Yeah, sure. Like, do you, the, the Pygmalion. Right. Since Pygmalion had seen them leading their lives in wickedness, is offended by their countless vices, which nature gave to the minds of women, celibate he lived for many years without a partner of his bedchamber. And in the meantime, he sculpted white ivory happily with wondrous art and wondrous skill and gave it form with which no woman is able to be born. And he fell in love with his own work. It oh, is the boy. image of a true maiden whom you may believe is living and who without modesty in the way you may believe she wants to move. So much his art hides his own art. Metamorphosis Book 10 by Ovid. According to the Greek legend, the King Pygmalion was a talented sculptor who observed the promiscuity of local prostitutes. Roasties. Um, he witnessed how cheaply they sold their bodies. The intense disgust bloomed inside him. The ugly reality... He was an insult too! He was an insult too. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Volsell, more likely. Um, yeah. <laughs> the ugly reality, women fell short of his romantic ideas. Lonely and enraged, the King Pygmalion refused sex with women and instead focused on his artistic craft. Um, yep. That's Matthew's uh, digital painting, by the way. Yep. Yep. Oh, you don't like real <laughs> Is the <laughs> Is the Fumo tweet? No, it's not. I want the Fumo doll tweet in here. I think it's in here somewhere. Yeah, we have to skip a lot of this, so... But anyways, um, but yeah, Pygmalion was a fairy tale incel who poured his sexual frustrations into marble and stone and was rewarded with a happily ever after blessed by the sex goddess herself. The story of Pygmalion is so obscure compared to the more Hellenistic adventures, such as the Iliad, Odyssey, Prometheus, Pandora, Theseus, the Minute and the Minotaur, Jason, the Argonauts, and the labors of Hercules. But this myth is impacted in a small handful of notable stories. Pinocchio riffs on the same pre uh, premise. A childless woodcarver wishes for a son and the magic of the blue fairy breathes life into his idealized wooden puppet. Pinocchio was rebellious, and a carefree child who stumbles and strays into a series of foolish adventures. Rather than sex, the adventures of Pinocchio explores the relationship between parents and their children, illustrating the neurotic anxiety of parents as they watch their children learn, play, and suffer from their impulsive mistakes. Um, we can keep going. Um, but um, 
Yeah, here we go. Uh, in 1871, the playwright W.S. Gilbert, part of the Gilbert and Sullivan duo, um, had a popular comedy, Pygmalion and Galeta, the original mythological comedy. He presented a humorous love triangle in which a married Pygmalion is tempted by the innocent and beautiful sculpture fashioned in the image of his wife. The comedy was a huge success. Numerous imitators rushed to the stage. Um, this is now known, of course, from the George Bernard Shaw play, uh, play My Fair Lady. Um, mm. Features a romance between the clumsy, unpolished florist and the pompous phonetics professor who educates her. Eliza Doolittle achieves the hypergamous ascent in wealth and prestige, a social climber delighting in the Edwardian Britain. And the professor, Henry Higgins, enjoys a masculine fantasy, which is to take a gorgeous, if trusting, engine and shape her into the clay into his dream wife. Passionate, sensual, sophisticated, charming, and properly submissive. Well, My Fair Lady is a really good movie. Yeah. Um, together they share their dreams and a blissful prosperous future the plot structure of course changes just in a few oh god later. this is really and good a point. pretty woman my favorite yeah. uh joke about pretty woman is is um women love the idea of you know being um you know being hired to have the girlfriend experience with a rich guy um but you know what your girlfriend really hates it if you bring a prostitute to your birthday party uh mm. it's one of my little gags there but who oh boy, yeah, the the girlfriend experience subverts into female fantasy. Emotional breakup, Giga Chad billionaire hooks up with tacky, forgettable Roasty, gravitates towards this diseased streetwalker, <laughs> and hires him to give the girlfriend experience. Now, I, I it's been years and years and years since I watched this. Um, how did they end up? Like, how did he? Did he just become obsessed with her to the point of yeah, like I want her you to be in her yeah, in her in in his, in his life. I haven't seen the movie in a hot minute either. Yeah, he um, made a hua into a housewife. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not missing out. Like it's a female fantasy of being the lowly thing, um, being lowly and taken up into the higher planes of social strata, despite your background. In this instance, no, a, but a the, literal prostitute. But I, but I think this is an older female fantasy. Like I think the the newer one, the millennial one, is like girl boss gets even more like stellar giga chad like pretty woman's almost outdated and quaint compared to like what you know hollywood pushes in terms of female fantasy nowadays in terms of uh mary sue fantasies i feel like this is a antiquated one i mean i could be wrong i mean maybe women do project this fantasy nowadays but i don't know i'm a woman we should we should we should interview we should bring on should we go on Alex should bring up her default? Ask this question. Yes, we should. Yeah. Um, she becomes a spiritual muse. His unkempt Yoko Ono. Yeah. I saw, I, you know, it's funny. The other day I saw, I don't know if it was on Telegram or something else. Bro, this is, bro, it's literally Cinderella. Yeah, this is, well, Cinderella, but instead of being like kept away and slaving away at the house, she's a prostitute. A yeah. Bit different than, um, well, they both come from poverty circumstances, but it is quite different. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've rebooted inner, Cinderella. Inner. We've rebooted Cinderella, except Cinderella's a whore, and there is no glass slipper. <laughs> it's just a billionaire's, you know, a billionaire's uh, uh, inve investment firm or something. What did he do? What did Richard Gere do uh, in the movie? I don't recall. Well, I, I think, think billionaire psycho. Yeah, real estate or something. Yeah, his inner animal, Youngian Shadow. And entered, by the way, read my article about the Young and Shadow and Jordan Peterson in the Anons called Anons at the Gate, Geo's Content Corner. Um, if if one of my fans could put the link in the chat, that would be great. Um, and energizes the jaded, depressed billionaire. 
so that now he can conquer the corporate world. He buys her clothes, spoils her with unfamiliar opulence, and teaches her how to disguise disguise herself as an American aristocrat, a woman raised among elegance and refinement. Um, oh my God, this scene. Uh, depressed giga-chat billionaire is planned to retire and sell off his company, but now inspired by the clumsy prostitute, the talent, uh, the prostitute, the talent, uh, talented corporate raider asserts control over his expensive business empire, culminating in a scene where giga-chat billionaire violently assaults, humiliates, and fires a subversive executive. This brief violent shadow is a played by Jason Alexander, by the way. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, and he was trying to get with the Hua. Oh, my God. Um, is a lek mating ritual, a flamboyant, superficial demonstration of brutality, a dance ostentatious, uh, and in effect, inefficient. The excited prostitute watches the sadism gasping and panting, her hair is troused. Um, disheveled, she is frightened and fiercely aroused, dripping wet. Afterwards, the sly roasty rejects her dream man. The film ends with billionaire begging for her forgiveness. Oh my god! Oh, really? That's how it ends? Yeah. Wow. Um, what mean? Oh, of course, does the bath what mean? What is the purpose of the history lesson? Why bother to trace the origins, pr- progression, and virtual mutation of these stories as they pass from myths to plays to pop culture? Take a few. Here's a few takeaways. It's fascinating that a legend that began with a king disgusted by prostitutes, handed down generation after generation, can mutate into the feminized romance of modern kings, a corporate warlord who specializes in hostile takeovers, the financial conquest and plundering of Wall Street conglomerates, mesmerized by prostitutes. From Hellenism to Hollywood, traveling from mythology to movies, this moral parable was twisted into a complete mockery of its original intent. The, in- the incremental subversion reveals on some level the serial motives which drive men and women and how persistent these dueling ambitions remain, enduring after thousands of years. Men desire a beautiful, submissive woman with a low body count. Women desire an inv- invincible warrior king willing to overlook her body count. Well, the- one thing isn't like the other, I guess, Prude. Um, I guess. <laughs> But the more illuminating epiphany is compared the singular figure of Pygmalion against the contemporary incel phenomenon, a decentralized generation of directionless young men who repeat the same embittered loneliness on a much larger scale. Today, Prawn is confused with the anime waifu, but there are disparate phenomena despite frequent overlap. Prawn is sexual-physical. The anime waifu is emotional and idealistic. The spiritual hire of Pygmalion's ivory sculpture, Galatia. She represents an impossible dream, a platonic ideal of feminine perfection. She is creature of beauty, youth, and elegance. But most of all, she symbolizes innocence. Or, well, a lot of anime people take Neonni for innocence. But yeah, you get the point. An anime girl would have never thought of getting to... One of my favorite tweets comes from Starbard, where he said an anime girl would never get um, that certain medical procedure. That was pretty. Oh yeah. yes, but she'd never terminate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think that it's almost three hours. So I should we go further a little bit than go to super chats? We could cover this next week too. Um, let's move on. Uh, the Japanese cartoon wife was always kind, always faithful, fundamentally loyal. She's never a thought. She will never disparage vulgar 
be disrespectful, vulgar, or unappreciative. Well, I don't know. Some of them can be. I mean, Nagatolo, I mean, can be kind of like that. But uh, the modern environmental stimulus of this primordial is, disgust. This is, well, be, this is yeah. well beyond my ken. That's not a pun. I'm, <laughs> I'm literally just riffing. I'm I, I'm riffing off of uh, Sound of Music. Your ken this levels. This is just not. Yeah. Not my thing. Right, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not an anime guy. So yeah. I'm trying to be. But I see what I, I see. What's I see? What he's getting at? Like the, these idealized yeah. forms of romances are the the statues, um, of the, exactly. the Pygmalions. Yeah. So, like he says, the rage, loneliness, bitterness, and despair of Western insult trapped in the rustling, rusting industrial landscape is a spiritual descendant of Pygmalion, like Adam and Tarzan, Frankenstein's monster, men who expressed a keen melancholy hunger to be loved, admired, and adored. Hunger for a better partner. Their spiritual loneliness yearns for a companion. What's disturbing is how widespread such sadness has become. The rare, isolated, unhappy unhappiness of a heroic king from ancient Greece is growing to become the standard default of industrial civilization's young men. Sensitive young men. Blatant promiscuity celebrated in a Tinder, Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans is fueling widespread disc... Even, even Twitter. Even Twitter. Um, fueling widespread discontent. This discontentment feeds itself, intensifying into a hideous feedback loop. You can lend, lend a hua towards honor, but you can't make her think. Um, 50 years of feminism is the only way that women can move out and have a home as a young age is if she's an, an online prosty. Um, yeah, I remember that tweet. Oh, God. Oh, God. The gym discourse. Um, Kessler, literally every single thing in a man's heart is designed to make him love women. And the fact that modern females so routinely screw this up is the point of revulsion is evidence of how bad things have gotten. Um, wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, this is a good response by evil political science. Women prove that it's not just words, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I hate to live in a system that exploits it while denying it and make everyone worse off uh, in the process. Once you've burned out with the body count in question, consider the student debt one. When What's the average student debt most guys in the future will have to consider if they want a 200 plus... Uh, sorry, 120 IQ plus an otherwise desirable wife in the future. Um, yeah, let's. So, <laughs> oh man, prawn and anime waifu inevitably converge because men project their accursed fantasies onto the dream woman. Their singular women eventually personifies all women. She will be simultaneously idealized and sexualized, both Madonna and Hua. Praises as a partner and a paramour duality undercuts with ebbs and flows contracting the polarity of physical lust layered upon a more abstract intellectual hunger is disappointing the authorities of western civilization don't understand this widespread festering sexual dysfunction and as regrettable our supposed leaders are unprepared to implement any sort of time solution um destroys male female dynamics and never be the same again unfortunately since churches are run by boomers now absolutely none of them realize what has happened and they are failing teens and young single christian men yeah uh, christian uh, men. well not just not just inside the church but also like outside yeah. um I, yeah. I had a conversation um i don't i i will i will the person will remain nameless but she was a she is a friend of a friend 
Um, she's much older. She's Gen X. She's my parents' age. And she is a mother, uh, you know, a big churchgoer, very successful in her family life and her husband. And, you know, she's just like, you know, there are women out there. There are these things that are there for you and for people to engage and to do it. And I said, outside of these pre-existing bubbles, which are yes. already really antagonistic towards outsiders, the game is so fundamentally changed. And it's so different, um, you know, like the the COVID after COVID, especially. But and, you know, and to her, this was all like really troubling, black pilling news, um, you know, and it was just yeah. very accurate. And, and, you know, I was just telling her how it is. And I, it was like you just told her that 9-11 happened like right now as you're speaking. And you're just like, oh, yeah, all these thousands of people have died. Um, so. Uh, yeah. And I mean, like, and the only people that are really giving it attention are like really large sort of mainstream Christian personalities like yeah. Father Josiah Trenum talks about it. Paul Vanderclay talks about it and a few others do. But outside of like guys that are already well acquainted with the online ecosystem and are dealing with young men and women. Nope. No one else is talking nope. about it in that re in regard. And it's that's just the case. And they don't see it as an issue because the people that are already there have already somehow managed to get that last chopper out of Vietnam. And so for the rest of them, these people come in looking for salvation and community, and they're here with all these dilemmas that compound. Yeah. No, but I think like in the one sense, you have to harden your heart to a lot of things. But in another sense, um, there's always a balance in all things but eventually you do want to find love and contentment in life but at the same time you have to realize like the realities we're living in i mean unfortunately i mean even the catholic church is like this i mean especially in north america i mean in a lot of ways a lot of catholic churches are uh really a problem i mean look at the immigration thing right like but like i i think a lot of christian leadership i mean nowadays especially like there, a lot of the leadership of these churches, they're like boomers and they're out of touch and they don't know what's really going on. But they're working on a much older assumption of the beginning of the sexual revolution. Where for a little time, like Gen X men in particular had like the cream of the crop in terms of like screwing around and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they don't realize that like we deal, we're dealing with a different age. It's sort of like what Dave said, distributist, about like the movie God's Not Dead, how it like presupposes this like very safe and comfortable like Christian evangelical environment. And it sort of like ignores like the real problems of like the fact that these churches are losing relevancy over the social discourse and over like public policy and everything. It's the same reason. It's like sort of like this little containment bubble of not realizing what really the problem is. And, you know, we spoke about the new atheists, right? Yeah. The, the church really failed during that time because they thought that like, oh, we're just going to debate them or whatever. It's a big game. But when you don't have an, a, a really, when you don't have a meaningful set of solutions for the reason why young people in particular are going through immense like disenchantment and secularization, then I'm sorry. Like you don't have to focus on polemics and debates and apologetics. It's like, that's, that's irrelevant to the fact that your churches are dying, that civilization is dying with it. Like, you know, that's why in the, during those 2000s era, 
like, yeah, we could say that they want to get, you know, the new atheists are gone or whatever, or like the dying remnants are like still around. But really, I mean, it was a crisis point. Like, you know, like then the 2010s happened and it was all over. Like I hate to say it, like this is a huge problem. The, the institutions that should be leading the way have fumbled the bag and shit the bed so severely that I don't know, like really it, it is uh, quite something. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, I think like the average priest in the average parish, they don't really know what's going on with young men. Um, so no, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're young priests and like, there's, there is a trend where more conservative youth do tend to find themselves in seminary and like, thank God. Yeah. For that. But I mean, you know, like I, I had, I, I had done like a, a cocked eyebrow, like turn my head around like in a one eight, like in a 180 degree fashion. When one time I heard my priest say, just because it's a monarchy doesn't mean it's based. And I was like, okay, this guy knows the language of the young men he's talking to. But outside yeah. of that, right, like you're not going to find it. And so like a lot of the, the churches in this issue also, it's like the movie Blast from the Past, you know, where he emerges out of the nuclear bunker and he realizes that oh, the God, world didn't yeah. end. And that's a comedy movie for us, right? It's a, it's a funny little comedy. But in the real world, you come out of a bunker after 30 years of not being exposed to the social discourse in the world. You're not only going to be ridiculed, you're going to be mocked, you're going to be sent away, you're probably going to be imprisoned because you said the wrong words. Like we laugh about the 4chan green text about like, imagine a 1990s bully coming into high school in 2023. Um, <laughs> and it was uh, um, that uh, more or less the issue was like, you know, oh, they'd be like thrown in prison like for or, or they'd be like expelled instantly um and that was the case no vingle it was about the idea of people that like simp after monarchy without considering the the consequences about it um like that that's the issue really is is that people have been out of a bubble like what is god's not dead other than like well in our cutesy little worldview this is how we would respond to new atheists and it's just like yeah nope that's how this works um yeah. uh <laughs> It's very frustrating. No, but a, but a lot of like a lot of them don't even know the real tactics of the political left either. No, like they don't realize what they're up against. They don't realize like like it's like I even said today like he's like you know James Lindsay even like well I'm using like you know fedoras but like like you know people that talk about relativism uh, either in the church or like these people like James Lindsay like it's not relativism. They're just selectively employing principles against the enemy over others. You know, they don't realize that. Um, they don't realize that there's ways that they have delegitimized the authority of the church through the culture for decades now. And so what's, what's the response? Like, the response is like cornball debate tactic things like God's not dead. I hate to say it. Like, it's, they don't realize like what it really takes to fight any culture war. It's, you know, they, they, and I think like, it's a big problem. I think that church leadership, they need to be educated on these things. But anyways, maybe is this a good point to end or? Yeah, I think so. We can get to the, the super chats. Yeah. Cause we have a lot of them. So yeah. Um, shaming works. Bully your pay piggies. So maybe we could pick up next week. Uh, I still, I, so while we were doing this, I texted TR Hudson and asked if he wanted to come on and review the movies. Cause he's watching all three. All um, right. And then we can continue. So a week after we could do it. Week after, channel. yeah, yeah. All right, good. 
All right, so let's get to. Sorry, it's just that. Yeah, my 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 mind is uh, swimming right now. So no, so. no worries, no worries. Um, but yeah, that's next almost week three is, hours. Yeah, we're we're almost at three hours. We'll probably be at three hours when we get through the super chats. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy! So next week we're gonna have the three movie special. Hopefully, I have time to watch it, but we'll see what happens. Um. Oh boy! All right, so number one. For two, let's see if I. By the way, you oh, can donate to it, my PayPal. It's time for the appropriate PFP. The shilling one. Oh wait, let me let me log, yeah. stop sharing. There we go. There you go. And by the way, like I said, next week I I might not have a content minded out, but I would definitely have. Um, I, I'm trying to organize the Twitter space with uh, Meta Prime about my recent article. Um, but. Next week, uh, you have stuff coming up. You know, tonight you have stuff coming up, Prude. So maybe you could do. Yeah. So first. as soon as we're done with this video or this stream, I'm going to be editing um, the video for it. I already got the audio edited. It took way longer than I thought. Um, so I'm going to have a video out later this evening, and then I will be on Charlemagne's channel later this evening, and then on Saturday evening I'm going to be on with uh, Semiagog, and then on Monday I'll be on with Oren. I have a new Substack out, taking a look at Kierkegaard. Um, leftism, the leveling, and our current social political zeitgeist. And then I might have some movie reviews out this weekend as well. Nice. Amazing. Yeah, times. It's been a very busy week. Yeah, same. Um, so yeah, like I said, my article came out, the uh, Spurgler Acolyte um, content-minded episode. Really great. Uh, the full thing is three hours long. So go to my Patreon, go to Substack. Uh, you can find the full version both, you know, they both start at $5 a month. Um, but if you're so generous for the uh, 20 or $50, you'll get things like artwork and other perks. So thank you all. Um, so first one, Fishy Frenzy for $2. Mr. Grove was so right about True Detective Season 2. Was he right? I don't remember his take. Uh, Fishy Frenzy, if you could uh, enlighten us about the take. I, I, I think it's the best one. I like season I've seen, two. The I've best. seen all three of them. I like number two. I think that it gets both that he was right. Like Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what his take was, but like I, I think that the second one gets a lot more shit than it deserves. Cause it, they everyone tries to compare it to the first. Um the, the weakest yeah. of them is the third one. But yeah, it, it season two of True Detective is fantastic. So for 50 MX Mexican pesos, which is about, uh, wait, let me do the conversion here in Canadian. Oh, 389 Canadian. I can't, by Hugo Glyph's 56 for 399. I can't display it because it's got the meme number. I'm kind of worried about that. The 14, you know what? Um, the Scythian Ken is 14 fill in the blank. Allah and War Chariot are sold separately. <laughs> That's a good one. Soon. Soon. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Hugo. Uh, Hugo Glaz 56. GLZ. I, I thought he friends with Glaz. And from Joseph Coney himself for $2. Geo, please defend Kowloon Walled City. Kowloon Walled City is various, uh, it's way more aesthetic than any bug soy. Um, any like bug hive that the Chinese government wants to force its citizens into. It's not the pod. 
It was a true megastructure created by the people for the people. It was a haven of uh, illicitness and degeneracy, but at the same time, it had a sort of aesthetic valiance. I could write a whole, I could, I could do the whole lefty millennial video essay defending Kowloon Walled City. I'm truly sad that it's gone. It will be missed. And, uh, the, you know, yeah, I mean, you should, who doesn't you should, want... You should do it, but you should do it in the style of a lefty uh, video essayist. If I had the editing skills, maybe I would. But you know what? I probably could do a podcast in Cal... You know what? Next, I, I touched a bit upon it in, I believe, Solo Variety Mega Show Episode 3. Uh, not it wasn't episode three, but it was Solo Variety Mega Show three, uh, and Content Minded. I believe I did talk about Kowloon Walled City, but the next Solo Variety Mega Show, I will talk about Kowloon Walled City. I'll just have to make a note. So, thank you, uh, Coney. And for ten dollars by ne- by New Gloff, our good friend, our good patron, proper streammates. Cheers! Thank you, Gloff. Thank you so much for the ten dollars. And from Melon for $2, <laughs> Shekel. Um, thank you, Melon. And, um, oh, my God, another $10 from Sam153. Great episode of DA. Gang, gang, gang. Oh, no, no, no. No. <laughs> Not doing that. No. <laughs> the, the pay piggies have gone insane. The pay pigs have gone insane. I, I guess we have to do it now, Prude. We're that shameless. Gang, gang, gang. Yes, 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 yes. You got to do it, Prude. No, I'm not doing it. You're doing it. No. I'm going to kick no. you. That's fine. You can kick me. I'm not doing an NPC. <laughs> I'm, I'm a real human being. I'm a real human being. Oh. Oh. I Just say gang, gang Christ. once. Gang, gang. There you go. Okay, there you go. You, $10 well spent. Thank you. Um, And for $2 by our good friend Eric... It's not much, but thanks for some Kino content. You know what? I'm going to kick you, Eric. Screw you. I'm going full TJ Kirk. You know what's funny is that people, before Stefan Molyneux did it, TJ Kirk like, did that. I just like the bird. Yeah. It's a good it's bird. It's a great bird. The best. She's a, it's a great bird. She's a great bird. No, but I'm I'm serious. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm joking. Uh, thank you, Eric, for the $2. Thank you, my friend. Um, And for $5, Super Chats Needed. Oh seven, son of Haster. Thank you very much, son of Haster. Great guy. And, met him IRL at the event. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and for four ninety nine by subject to change, our good friend Sneed. And for five dollars by E Essington. I love how I hope people appreciate when I you know blow my lungs out with five dollars. Tip shaming works. It certainly does. And oh my God, for ten dollars. By Timothus, Timothus eighty nine, I pray to God. I pray God will give both of you families. May God bless all you friends. Thank you, Tim, um, Timothus. Thank you, Timothus. That, that's how he pronounced Timothus. Timothus. Thank you well, very thank much, you, my sir. friend. I appreciate that. Oh God, I'm losing my voice for five dollars. By I, I might as well. My fishy frenzy once again. I might as well formalize. This weekly film recommendation slash discussion point. Have you seen the film Southland Tales? I believe I have. I may have seen it, actually. I know it's a, a Dwayne Johnson film with uh, Michelle. What's her name? But no, I haven't seen it. I think I have seen it. I think it was all right. It was one of the better uh, 
The Rock films. I call him The Rock, not Dwayne. I hate Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He will always still be The Rock in my heart. Um, more relevant today than ever. Is, isn't The Rock sort of like a lib, though? Isn't Dwayne Johnson sort of kind of like a lib? Yeah. I mean, they have to of, be. They, but of the can we all just all get along category. Yeah. He's not that bad then. He might run for president one day as a Democrat, but, you know. Wrestling with Wormwood, our good friend, for one ninety nine. The time has gone. Um, t- <laughs> this has gone towards the. Well, I mean, maybe one day when when Twitter Spaces can accept donations, you can donate tonight. Alex. See when 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 future yeah. Madolvin citizen sets up his uh, subscriptions on Twitter.com, then you too can subscribe yeah. to his Twitter account and really go towards the Red Scare Zionism Fund. Yeah, <laughs> Red Scare Zionism. Um, don't don't be afraid of that word on YouTube. I just had like a two hour long lecture on the history of the Middle East last week. That word oh, got you can dropped see a lot. Yeah, I got monetized. Nice. Um, so for one and nine by MG, our good friend MG. Have you all heard of Dungeon Synth? It's based. What is Dungeon Synth? Are we talking about like a music genre? I think so. Then I I, I haven't. Oh um, my god, I'm gonna kill you guys for this. Oh my god. Dungeon synth, yeah, music, electronic genre. Well, sounds interesting. I'll probably listen to some. No, I'll listen to some dungeon. No, but I mean the the one coming up here, the, the super oh, chat. I, I can view these super chats. I don't know why I'm like yeah. sitting here like concerned. Oh, oh no, no, no. For two for two dollars by JS. You stop this nonsense now. If we're going to have this, like go back to no, FMK. No, no. I would rat no, I'm not no to either, but like no to this especially. That this is staying on here. I hope this trend dies really quickly. I really hope it it won't because apparently one of the women that does it is some like thirty three year old. Well, no, something that just like she's just a total prosty in this respect. But like, no, I think yeah, she has an OnlyFans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is it the black one? Yeah. Don't encourage this like digital prostitution. But I gotta say, they gave me two dollars. Are 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 we are we getting to the point where you're like, yo, buddy, two pounds is two pounds. <laughs> it's two oh. pounds sterling. Get get this man, get this man out of the window. Yes, nom nom nom, sushi yum, kitty pot. No, oh, I can't even say it. No, no, I'm not gonna say. It. Kitty paws, nom nom. Okay, there, I said it. I said it. I said it. Okay. Um. Thank you, thank you, JS but not really that was terrible um for two dollars canadian by by for posterity uh perpetuity of ethnicity is imperative for all yes yeah posterity is good preserve it and maintain it i noticed that the debate came up because some calf account no never mind never mind yeah um for 4.99 by by zong y our good friend zong y cashier sees crest on my tie and asks whether i'm knights of columbus me no i'm protestant her that's okay i'm practicing i'm not practicing either you slap <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, funny that's actually that's, funny i like that's that that's pretty one. good all right back to the back to the wojack maybe maybe you can uh maybe you can convert her through your um sexual prowess but anyways um and of course Z- ziz hunter z's hunter for five dollars off topic but have either of you read watchmen the comic i think it's still very insightful despite more being a commie and and yeah, i believe I trump it. also broke more his brain so 
yeah, Trump finalized breaking Moore's brain. But yeah, no, I've read it. I think it holds up. Still. I like the character of Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan um, is, it's all worth your time. I, I think it was good. I liked it. The movie did a terrible job at translating it, but I don't know how the hell you translate middle-aged superheroes having sexual dysfunction because they're not being superheroes anymore. Um, yeah. But like, they'll never make, like what make what's terrifying is that I wish people would read the comic because they'll, if people who want it rebooted or people that don't want Zack Snyder's version, like your idea of a dark, realistic superhero movie or gritty take, on the genre all that it's going to be is uh more of the, the boys bullshit like yeah you're not getting anything good they're gonna make it send oh i was gonna say they're gonna make a barbie too but zendaya is gonna be barbie how do you feel? How, how what make you feel look there's already a, a tranny in the this barbie movie let's not kid ourselves there is yes oh is it that alien looking hollywood actor actor whatever Actress? yes yeah. Oh my god. But like they have an actual trans person in the film. Of course they do. That's the concession for having like a predominantly white Nordic looking cast. That's what yeah. they have to do. Anyways. For ten dollars. Thank oh my god, ten dollars by post not clarity. Just during the stream. I feel that it will be a great one. Have a great weekend, gentlemen. Thank you. It was a great one. Um, and our good friend from Luth Empire for five dollars um cringe well luth empire the fact um the fact things haven't collapsed yet is a testimony to what our fathers built yes exactly i believe billionaire psycho also said something similar which we'll get to uh a few weeks from now so thank you luth empire good friend um for 4.99 by cody browning another good friend of ours jerry Maguire primed us for seeking single mother roasties mm. yeah I, I i guess i don't know Anyways, did, was she, oh yeah, she was a single mother, but the kid was kind Remem of Remember, kids, these movies want you to think that it's good to be the man who stepped up. The kid was kind of cute, though. Like, he was, but it's you know... not his! I know, but... I know. But anyways, let's move on from this topic. One ninety nine Can't spare much money without answers to FMKs. Aw, oh, come on, you... Listen, John Carter was the best FMK super chatter that you all should aspire to FMK post like him. Because John Carter, he set up impossible scenarios for me and Prude. So uh, if anyone you want an FMK, I mean, we'll... I mean, if it's not... <laughs> Please be patient. <laughs> um, Mike Cox Longford, $9.99, almost $10. Mike Cox Long, reaction role model discourse. Our, our frame here is social media, which is marketed in mind control technology. Hence, even, well, I wouldn't call it that. But I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of three-letter agencies that were instrumental in the formation and the dissemination of, uh, I believe Schwab has a lot of research into this. Um, mind control technology. Hence, even the most sincere actors you find here have elements of grift. Yeah, I mean, even me and you, Prude, I mean, we can't escape it yeah yeah but what do you think i mean i mean there's certainly a lot of glowing uh activity that happens in uh well i I, I just think that social media does encourage and it goes back to the hump dog essay right like yeah it encourages you to become a self-commodifying actor in order to get the gratification of attention still being focused on you even if it's just a click economy 
Yeah, which sucks. Well, you know, that's that's what Byung Cho Han talks about in um in the, into the swarm about how the like is like the symbol of affirmation that you have to engagement farm to like. You know, and, and when you like everything, like that's you know, it becomes meaningless after a while. It just sure becomes, does. you know, I mean he has a more sophisticated take on it, but anyways, um black black anise. I thought it's yeah, black is for two dollars. Thank you, my friend. HV, have you seen uh with nail and one kino comedy about decline? Oh, we have to see that. That looks interesting. I I have not seen it, no. I've not seen it with nail and one. Um but thank you. That's a good maybe I could look it up. Um with and nail another and I, 1987 dark comedy. Oh, one. It says I. Sorry. I thought it's Richard Grant, Paul McGann. Okay. Oh, looks interesting. Loosely, okay, cool. Sounds good. I will add that to my list. White, white with nail and eye. Yeah. Hmm. And another nine ninety nine by Mike Oxlong for nine ninety nine. Uh, two of two. Need to rerun Touch Grass, but I think that's the reason this discussion almost always becomes circular. People need to take this attitude into their lives without needing to broadcast. Yeah, exactly. No, hundred percent. I hundred percent endorse and agree with this take. It's very true. Um, that people that tell you to touch grass, they're probably not touching grass themselves. Um, yeah, every, every sort of irony leftoid account telling you to log off and touch grass is just telling you to like shut up for putting a spear into the side of my clearly manufactured consumer identity lifestyle that could not stand the basis of having a real world social life. Um, and that's why they like just seethe as you expose sunlight in their rooms of just seeing how ugly their little existence is. Yeah, exactly. If you see what the average irony leftist looks like, I mean, these are the people that were dunking on my appearance from that photo from 2014. Right. So yeah, like garbage ape. Oh, sorry. Judge <laughs> Holden. <laughs> um, Spasticus Autisticus, our good friend, for two dollars. Uh, thank you for the sticker. Or, no, he just sends two dollars. And finally, unless people want to, uh, I have uh, PayPal notifications. So, if you want to give through PayPal, I won't use your real name, of course. Um, but finally, from for five dollars from Dugan Ashley, what would your TF say if you she saw you making baby voices? For money online. Well, I'm gonna find out soon. She's probably gonna listen. I'm to sure you'll get a text message pretty soon being like, Gio, what the hell was that? <sighs> Lord have mercy. My my GF's actually going to see up in Barbie right now, so she's like gritting her her friend took her, she's like gritting her teeth. I've you got, know? I've got, I've got two cam rips of the film downloaded and I've got the Venture Brothers movie ready to go. Uh, I'm here for, I'm here for Kino. Yeah. Prudes in silence. Yeah. Most of the time there's uh, these bits on the show where it's a, a delightful little bit of a, a humiliation ritual. It is my spiritual taxation. I don't mean it though. Oh, we know it's part of, it's just a natural, it's a feature, not a bug. No, but you got to find something to get me back with. That is true, I, I, I guess, but... Um, There's got to be something that makes me uncomfortable. John Carter is here with an FMK. Oh my god, finally! For $4.99! Gentlemen, 
FMK, Little Apostate, Michaela Peterson, Lauren Southern. Who is Little Apostate? I don't know, but I guess that one's going on the the kill list. Little oh, Little Apostate is um some kind of uh, YouTuber. Who is Little Apostate? She was with uh, Benjamin Boyce. Is that Benjamin Boyce? From a couple of years ago, yeah. She looks all right. Is she crazy, though? I'm terrified. Is this like a discussion on... She looks pretty good. Let's Are they see. All, um, just, they all have like this similar face. Yeah, they do. That's uh, why fishing. Lots That's of why you triple, chose it. Lots of triple Ks. Yeah, I don't. Geo already shopping for a new GF. Uh, it's no, you funny. fucking are you kidding me? I wouldn't. <laughs> I, wouldn't I wouldn't give up my current GF for the world. I'm telling you guys. I mean, compared to the lunatics out there, especially in uh, you know influencer world, it's yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the the chat has gone insane. Morgoth shouted her out. She's great, but she's slightly in our sphere, so probably crazy. Open Spirit, if I recall. According oh, to Eric. Well, if that's the case, then we can okay, marry her. Marry, marry her. Uh, screw Michaela Peterson. Kill the Fed. Simple yeah. as. Like you guys I'm, just made this really easy. <laughs> no, no, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm cross because I, I, I'm doing like the Norm Macdonald. Like I regret to inform you, but everyone in this thing should. You know, now um, this story may come as a shock to some of our listeners, but I think everyone in this story should be dead. <laughs> um, or so the Germans would have us believe. No, I think Mary Little Apostate. Um, who would be more spiritually damaging to do Lauren Southern or Michaela? Like, who would who would grip your soul worse, Michaela Peterson or or? See, Lauren here's the Southern. worst part. One of them has had Andrew Tate inside of them, and then one of them has decided to like get alpha widowed by a fed. With yeah, a so it's sort of child. Your it's pick, very player. hard. I you your know pick. I okay, so I guess we're yeah. I, I would just pick yours then, because like a fed is a fed. So, not to calling Lauren Southern a fed. Allegedly, we're not. Listen, again, to not cop a legal case, we're not calling Lauren Southern a fed. Just to be clear, but uh, yeah, I think I think we're agreed on the merry little apostate thing, unless she's secretly the crazy, for which I don't know about. But I mean, <laughs> Eric goes the bird knows marriage material. Like the reason I wouldn't want to marry Michaela Peterson is there's a little thing known as a Wendigo psychosis here in Canada. So um, don't don't research though. Yeah, see, bl bl exactly dimes. Um, dimes. I don't call too much fun. I call Lauren Southern a fed a load of baloney. That's pretty. I never thought Lauren Southern was that attractive, though. That's the thing. Like, I never thought. I never like oogled and ogled over her. Congratulations, like, oh, Lauren Southern! You've made rewatching Murdoch Murdoch awkward. Oh my god. <laughs> Wheat deals. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. 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 That's. Not, let's not speak of those days of the the tantra streams, but um. <laughs> reverse kundalini um oh apostate got doxxed oh man oh but wow. no i think between michaela peterson and lauren southern i mean i don't know i think like i'm i'm okay i may want to do lauren southern 
and redact Michaela Peterson because I think like Michaela Peterson, there's some weird spiritual mojo going on there that you don't want to get involved with. So I don't know. I'd probably pick that then. Does anyone have another FMK before we go? You're awful. You're awful. <laughs> Come on, John Carter. You probably got another $5 there. Or $2 or whatever. Send like 99 cents just to piss me off. Like, remember that? <sighs> well, it's been fun, guys. Thank you so yeah. much for tuning in. We had a good stream, Geo though, Prude. I didn't twerk that going. much. No, I, I honestly um, wasn't. Uh, I don't know how this how this one was going to go, but yeah, going to need a content minded on when to go psychosis. Yeah, you're going to have to you're going to have to break the info hazard out. It's it, Contain, it would take a lot. Containment breach. Containment breach. Yeah. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be it wouldn't be ideal, but I mean. Oh uh, well, we won't end the stream with that. We we will go back to the nice frog. All right, let's end the stream. Uh, so yeah, Prude, you got a lot of content, special content operation week going. And uh, yeah, I'll I'm have a video back. out in a couple of hours, and then I, I'm saving the nasty FM. God, God John Carter, why? Um, but yeah, no, I, I have a video <laughs> yeah. coming out later this evening. I'll be on Charlemagne's channel at 8 o'clock Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and then I'll be on Semiagog's channel tomorrow evening, and then Oren's channel tomorrow uh, or on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, very busy. Charlemagne still streams? Uh, he's only begun to stream. Uh, so he's only he's only recently started streaming stuff. But, oh yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun coming down the works. So stay tuned for a new video on my channel. Be sure to hop on over there. There's a new Substack. Um, having a lot of fun with uh, editing some stuff for memes on Twitter. And then I'll see you guys more or less like back-to-back -back these coming weekends and on Monday. So, yeah, you guys are great with your ongoing support very thankful for it yeah and please uh, subscribe to my subscribe to my um my sub stack geos content corner you can also pay for all the free all the uh episodes of content minded and giant reviews which i have to get back at um you know or or patreon and uh you know of course go and listen to the spurgler acolyte episode of content Minded. next week i will pr try to put out something again but i have to go back to writing my book and it's been a lot of things to juggle. So I might come out with another episode of Content Money next week. Maybe the, the GSP episode from War Report. So we'll see if I have time to edit. Because now apparently I have to watch three films. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, thank you all. God bless. Goodbye. Too sweet. As always, gents. See you guys.